The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. to episode six of the Starry Night Theater Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Swartz. And I'm your other host, Alex Sala. Today we have a very special guest that we'll introduce right away. Chris Fire is on our podcast. Yay, thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for introducing me as your very special guest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Spe- I mean, you're the first one that we introduced right away. That's true. Wow. All right. Excellent. Um, thank you for the distinction. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I make you proud. Yeah, I think thank you will. for coming on. <laughs> Absolutely. So Alex came to see Frankenstein last night. Yes. Oh, and Carla Wait, you was. Didn't know that? I I saw you there, but uh, I wasn't sure if like you know like you were ushering or oh. I, I I wasn't aware. Okay, got it. Yeah, so she came last night for the first time, and Carla was like a hound dog keeping me away from her. So you got to keep it for the podcast. You got it. Yeah. She wouldn't let me say anything. So I don't know anything. Alex could absolutely hate the show. (laughs) I don't know anything, but I'm, I've been waiting all night to hear. Great. This is fresh. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm definitely excited. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing I want to say is I feel like out of everything that you have directed previously, that was all, in preparation for this production. And this was like your showcase of all that you've learned and all that you've taken on throughout the years at the theater. And this was your moment to show the audience that it's not just like your dad directing, like you are a director. You're not just his son or just helping out like you are your own. Thank you. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I was thinking along the same lines. Um, I've been in a few uh, shows that you've directed in the past, DJ, so we'll go through those later, I guess, uh, which ones those were. Um, But this was, this is a show that's, I think, uh, the script is amazing that your dad wrote, but it's also, I think, I think difficult to handle and direct. I think it's easy to mishandle. Um, and you didn't do that. And I don't know that if this was your first show or second show, if you would have been able to pull it off. Yes. Um, yeah. That's how I feel. It's pretty unwieldy. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's gothic. It's, um, you know, it's really dramatic. And so it can become almost like funny, you know, if you, right. if you handle it wrong. And um, it can't be funny. And you handled it with, with a lot of uh, wisdom and maturity. And it's... I can't wait to talk about it and how it compares to the last time it was done and some of the differences. It's it's great that it has a life of its own. So I, I'm it's alive, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which we don't say in it. Um, but yeah, no, I, absolutely, Alex, you're spot on. Yeah, Thank I feel you. like this is a very cohesive piece. 
like everything just came together so beautifully just lights music i mean the music was my favorite oh, thank you anything i feel like it was so intense like every song had a purpose yeah, yeah. it fit each scene well i don't know if you've been awake long enough uh, since last night, but for me, and I, I, being in the show, um, some of the music replays in my head. And it's weird because um, it gets triggered when I'm feeling something similar to maybe what's happening in the show. Um, not that, you know, I, I'm murdering anyone or anyone <laughs> around me is being murdered. Uh. Um, but, you know, like if I'm feeling maybe a little melancholy or something, uh, there's this th- that tune that kind of goes through my head. Um that's in the show that uh, appears a couple times and it's it's funny it happens and then you realize oh my gosh like not only am I just recalling this show right it's made an, imp- an impression on me but let, now it's like the soundtrack of my life <laughs> yeah. so right. thanks for that yeah it was definitely a roller coaster of a soundtrack I feel like it it obviously had like melancholy moments that was sad and down and then it it got just boisterous and loud and and intense yeah, I tried to to keep it like like kind of separate like that, and like yeah, each song like did have a meaning, and like when Victor was happy, it was like the waltz song, like recalling back to that moment. Same with like the lights, like a couple instruments are like okay, like this has to be for this moment. Like when they start dancing, and then I use the same light when she dies in his arms, and we can spoil it because it's this will be posted over, tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be over. Um, nice. We don't have to worry about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, anymore. it's oh, all out there. All right. All right, the gloves are off. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find this music, and how long did it take you to find? I just had a lot of them, just like, I don't know, I I knew a lot of them, and just... Did you use any from past shows, or were, was it all new? One, I used one from, from a past show, I think, or two, yeah, there were two, but it's just like, ones that were like, slightly kind of used. I used the same song they used last time for the, the Grave Robbers, just because it's fun, and big and loud yeah so i thought that was a a good one to use yeah i definitely felt like at some parts it reminded me of a film like just i felt i loved the music i really did i felt like the music put me in a film and i also felt like i I, if i were watching a movie in a theater like when i am in a theater i a movie theater and i really enjoy something I'm, like, on the edge of my seat, mouth, like, open if I'm, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I was like that the whole time. That's odd. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have no emotional distance from anything. Like, I'll watch a a movie and and I'm I'm really forgiving. Shows, the theater. Um, I'm, I'm along for the ride. I really, I don't sit there with my arms folded and like entertain me, you know, I can't be <laughs> entertained. Um, but like, I like a lot of things. So something has to really kind of stink, I think, badly for me to <laughs> hate it. But um, but I don't have any emotional distance from stuff. So I, I like to be able to go to shows and like you said, Alex, sit on the edge, edge of your seat. And um, this one does that. And it's, what's interesting is that, um, you know, there's a bunch of scenes I'm not in. So I get, I have the pleasure of kind of watching those things unfold. And it was kind of fun in the rehearsal process to watch that, watch those things develop, and um, sort of be like, like you were like you're worried for your friends after right. the scenes, like, oh my god, is he okay? Like I should go talk <laughs> to him. Oh, you know, everybody died. And <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, it's fake. It's it's all you know, it's acting. Um, 
and I should know that, but that's really cool when when your friends, people you know, can transport you and make you feel something that um, you shouldn't feel. Because again, you know them. Right. Uh, when right. you see a stranger on stage yes. or on a film, you know there's like that that distance. Um, so the you, there's a de- the believability, I guess. Um, and I shouldn't think that you know Ben is really hurt, you know, right, right, um, or has been reanimated uh, as a golem, you know, flesh golem, and um, <laughs> yeah, but like I feel for him every time. So yeah, and I cried, like I had tears down my face. You can ask Jenna and Carla, oh, and I've you. never, I, not in any of the plays I've seen, I, I've teared up or I've I thought, oh, this is super sad, but I've never fully cried. What part? Um, multiple parts. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, I I think I can't remember before this, but definitely Vanessa's death. She plays the blind woman. Yeah. Um, her death hit me in the heart. I just that scene. I was not expecting that, and I don't know. She just played that part so well. Yeah. And um, uh, who else? Oh. Justine's death. So uh, that I love that part, and and she plays, she just plays the hell out of it. And I loved how you took your time with that scene with the drumming. Yeah, and you just let um um Ari. Yeah, drum. Ari, yeah. You just let her keep going, and I love that you took your time and you didn't rush through that scene. Yeah, the longer that goes on. Uh, the more the audience is like, you know, they can't take it. It's yeah. like you want the drumming to stop, yeah. but you know if the drumming stops, she's you're gonna, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna hang, and um, so you don't want that. So the whole time it's this weird anticipation where you're like, you want it to stop, but you don't want it to stop, and it's just it's um it does stuff to your nervous system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because oftentimes people can rush through that. Like, oh, maybe the audience doesn't want to linger on this too long, right? But no, that I loved that scene. It gives me motivation too because I'm standing. I'm a, I'm a you know like I guess an extra um, in that scene. I'm you know, one of the guards who's standing there. I actually put the noose around Justine's neck and um, step aside. And you know like I can hear her whimpering the whole way up uh, the stairs. You know to the gallows and, and across. And, and they put the hood over her head and they tie her hands. And you know she has these reactions. And she's trying to be strong. She's stifling these cries. It's really intense and. Um, you know, even as as like the background guy standing there, um, I can't imagine those guys like had no feelings. Like maybe they're all sadists, and that's why they hang people. You know, like that's their <laughs> right. job. Yeah. But you know, I got to think at some level that would affect them. So, you know, so it, it gave me stuff to do um, internally to show that like um, this is my job. Maybe I don't like it. Um, I'm not comfortable with this. Right. And um, I think if the authorities aren't comfortable, like, that's the thing about that scene. Um, so what, I guess what we're talking about for the audience is that um, yeah. Justine gets framed by the creature. She's a family servant, and she gets framed by the creature to um, take the fall for um, Victor's uh, sister's death. And how they decide that, like, they have this irrefutable proof is that they find a locket in her in her possession that the, the kid owned. And I guess she was the only one in the woods with them, but um, still, they just were like, "Ah, right, well, you killed her." And there's like no trial; you don't see it. It seems very, very draconian. And so there's like that momentum, that inertia, that uh, that mechanism of, of I guess, uh, 
like government, probably not like a free government. Right, um, right. Just it's just moving along, and it has to keep moving, uh, regardless of the people anymore. It's like it's got its own inertia, and um, so even I, for me, I was like, yeah, even the guards must feel that this is yeah. not what they want to be doing, and um, hopefully the audience could see that and be even more horrified. You know, like no one wants it, <laughs> right? But right. it's happening anyway. Yeah, I, f- I felt that way. And that's <laughs> that's like tragedy right there, and that's like one scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Did you think that we we're actually going to hang her? No, no, I don't think so. That's what I hope. Like, I hope everyone's like, oh, well, like they'll cut the black, or like someone will save her, or something like that. And yeah. then, like, to end it no, on her swinging the, is like crazy. The audience I mean. when that actually happened when she was hung. The audience was like, oh, they gasped. Yeah. So they yeah. weren't expecting it. Yeah, you can hear it. Um, I didn't even be expecting it. Like, normally you cut to black. And there's that really cool practical effect that Mark Woomer built. Um, shout out to Mark for building that. Oh, he you built know, that? Yeah. years ago, yeah. Oh. And then um, it took weeks for us to get it back into operating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we had left it there. The mechanism had been left there, and it was part of the platform. And we've been standing on it for over oh 10 God, years. Oh, my God, so long could just drop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody pulled the lever, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole mechanism was missing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it was super secure. Yeah, the whole mechanism yeah, was no, missing. But, but things got bent, you know, warped over time. The building settles, whatever. And um, so it was it was all, like, off kilter. <laughs> it wouldn't work right. So it became a, a real... Um, a passion project for us. All of us put a hand in, I think, fixing that. Yeah. But it works like a champ now, so. <laughs> well, yeah, it worked last night. Yeah. Great. So you said you had a hot take last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah. Carla really wanted me to wait on this one. <laughs> she was She, she was would not let pushing me say it. anything. Um, so you know how in the first episode we were talking about our favorite shows? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> Carla asked me about this, and I would say this one is my absolute favorite oh, that I've seen. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, my favorite I've worked on. I And that shows. Thank you. You can tell. Thank you. Yeah, and she was like, even more than all through the night? And I was like, yes, <laughs> even more than all through the night. Nice. I like that. I like that. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love all through the night, so that that means a lot. You could definitely see everything that you've learned throughout the years come together in this. Just everything was so cohesive. The music, the I mean, the lighting, too. I felt like the lighting played a bigger role than usual. And it really set a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to do some different stuff because there's 30 different scenes. So you have to try to make it look different. But my favorite is just at the one spot. In the middle that we use a little bit, like when the creature first comes out and then the, mm-hmm. it's on him and it's on them dancing and it's on them dying. Like, I don't know. I, I That's my favorite. I Also, the snow machine. Where did that come from? That was all Chris. <laughs> I would, that was surprised me. Oh, I'm so glad. That was uh, DJ and I had sort of um, kept that up, uh, our ace in the hole. It was like up our sleeve the whole time. Um, we had talked about it in the summer. Yeah. And that's another thing to, to touch real quick before we talk about the snow machine in particular, but um, how much went into this, how how DJ's vision didn't just happen overnight. It wasn't like, you know, a month before 
um, auditions. You know, he picked up the script and was like, ah, you know, yeah, I'll take care of this. <laughs> and then, um, no, but I mean, it was like a long time ago. I mean, we we would we had been talking about this, I think, in spring, and then in the summer we kind of had a meeting about it, and he had all these ideas about how the lighting was going to be, how the music had to be different, and um, he wanted to be, he wanted to tap just new, you know, emotions and show people things that they had never seen before on the Ghost Light stage. And um, so the two of us in talking were. Um, we came up with the idea of the, the snow machine, like how cool would it be at the end to just the finality of that snow dropping, mm-hmm. you know, so um, kind of gently. It's weird because that scene is, is there's these juxtapositions. This It's like the Pieta, if you're familiar with that uh, sculpture, um, that's uh, where you've, I'm sure you've seen it. Michelangelo um, sculpted it. It's It's Mary and she's holding Jesus and he's, you know, mm. off the cross. He's dead. He's limp. Yeah. Right. And it's... Um, so DJ creates this vignette of the creature holding Victor in his dying moments and the creature, you know, tells Victor something, you know, <laughs> horrific, like he's not done um, with his revenge until like the end. And the creature's also going away because he doesn't want to live and he wants to freeze. And the snow is gently falling and the music and there's like lights and it's just, it's so awesome. Um, but the snow machine uh, was something I was going to build and I had in my brain. Um, because DJ asked me for, it, and then um, I got conscripted to be in the show, <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, there's life. Life happened. You know, less time outside. Yeah, so I didn't wind up building. Like I had all the parts and stuff, and I and and then I started to kind of freak out a little bit. So I went to talk to a friend of mine. Um, so I'm gonna shout out to Ron Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz, sorry, uh, not to be <laughs> mistaken. He's not no relation. Schwartz, Ron Schwartz uh, at Buffalo State College, um, who runs the scene shop there. And I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. These are all the parts I have. This is what I think I'm going to do. Uh, you know, am I on the right track? Because I want this to work. All I wanted him to do is give me his blessing. Right. Go on my way. Build my machine. He's like, I've got this, you know, five, six footer. Do you want us to use it? And the you know lazy jerk in me was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So, shout out to him and uh, Buffalo State College for, you know, helping out uh, their community, you know, giving yeah, back. thank but, you. Because that... That did wonders. It yeah. really added to that scene. And with the the blue lighting, and then just the snow actually made you feel cold. Like, I, I was getting cold for them. Yeah, Dan's <laughs> performance, he's shivering. Yeah. You know, he's shivering, and I love that the, the, the creature isn't. You know, the creature's just, you know, maybe it'll freeze, maybe it won't. The audience right. doesn't know. And, uh, and Dan's like, uh, you know, he's in hypothermia, like yeah. late stage. <laughs> Um, as you know, as Victor Frankenstein, and uh, you know, a, a fun fact about that particular scene, um, there's there's like a, I don't know, like a 18 inch by 18 inch uh, plexiglass piece in the floor where the floor is like clear and see through. We have special lights that come up for certain scenes, and that's one scene where some lights come up, you know, for the iceberg. And um, uh, I, I crawl under the stage to do some practical lighting under there. <laughs> manually mm-hmm. and um and i just stay there and i watch the show so i i can only see certain things <laughs> but but i actually i loved it so much that i would stay there uh especially that scene right up until the last second when i had just enough time to crawl out front of the stage quietly without you know annoying the audience and the actors on stage but i would watch that um almost right up until the last few lines just cuz it was so amazing to watch so so that's another thing that DJ, I think you did great, is that you made something that like the actors on stage like didn't want to like. You don't see this because you're in the in the booth, but 
Um, the actors want to see what's happening. Um, yeah. They're like at the monitor, standing there watching it. That doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, last yeah. night, like the second from last show, and people are, Still. you know, yeah, watching it, riveting it, riveted to this monitor, watching it. It's not old hat. You know, we've seen it a hundred times by this point in rehearsals and in the show, and everyone is just their attention is absolutely wrapped. So, uh, well done. Yes. That, well done, kudos man. to you. Thank you. That was my favorite part, and that's like kind of when I knew, like, okay, this is like really special. Was was when we added the lights and the sound and stuff, and then you'd see people come out and just like peek their head around and just like watch like a scene real quick, and then run back backstage. Oh, and like cool. I was at the soundboard, so you can see everything from up there. And I was just like, oh my god, like that. Nobody does that. Like when you're that far in, you're like, I don't care what's happening on stage. Yeah. I'm on my phone. You've back seen here. it so many times. Okay, whatever. And they would come out and watch. I'm like, oh, like. It it meant a lot to me. I wasn't gonna say anything, but uh, that was just the coolest thing to see. Like like they taking part in, in what their friends are doing on stage, and I don't know. It, it's such a tight cast and and talented cast, and everyone's been fantastic. And and people are like already sad, like oh my god, this is this is it. It's over. I'm yeah. devastated. It's over. But it was such a special experience. Yeah, I I understand because you have been saying once it's over it's over and you're gonna be upset and just devastated and i understand after seeing it because i've never felt like i needed to see something a second time yeah and i am i'm coming again today just because i yeah i just feel like i need to see it again before it's over and then it's 10 years or so before (laughs) you see it again right so yeah, and yeah. I there were so many scenes that I felt like, oh, this this is my favorite, and then another scene would happen. And I'm like, no, this one is, <laughs> and then another one would happen. Um, what else? There there was so much. I loved the music during the graveyard scene with Ryan and yeah. Dylan. Yeah, that music was so cool. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, how did your direction compared to what your dad had written did you change anything from what he had written that's a good question i i did i changed um i mean there there are just some things like like little things like i I added the the flower scene with natalie because it was a i think it was just a cool way to introduce a creature and then give a reason for for everyone to beat him and it's kind of a callback to the original you can see the big green frankenstein it's a little kid and in the the movies and stuff, but he hands her a flower and all that. But but I just thought that was a cool thing to add. And I I did the um the ghost scene when they all come back to life. I remember at read through, yeah. I pitched it to everyone. I'm like, okay, this could either be really cool or just completely fall flat. And after I said it, everyone's like, oh no, like <laughs> we have to do that. That I loved that, and because I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, and I felt like with the music. Everyone just dropped. I that was so cool. I still get goosebumps. There was one night that it was like every night is great, but there's one night where it's like particularly like powerful, and like you're just like your adrenaline like rushes and like everything's so loud. Like I I got the music full blast, everybody's screaming, and then it just all ends, and the lights go out, and it's just on them, on the two of them. Like I it that's one of my favorite moments, and it's all of them making it work because like if if. If they were like, oh, ooh, ghosts, then like, it'd be awful. <laughs> it'd, it'd be horrible. But but they all really 
make that moment work and and Dan lets it play for the right amount of time and Ben's I I love it. I love it. Yeah, but, I think it was timed really well. And that's what made it work. It wasn't just it, it was unexpected, but in the best way. There's a lot of moving parts to that scene too, you know. There's, so there's all the actors. They have mm-hmm. to believe it and be invested, which they were. You know, Dan has to um have enough faith to let it go on because that can seem like an eternity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh Ben you know, as the creature could have been like twirling his mustache, you know, like, <laughs> right. uh, like a cartoon villain. And he wasn't, um, you know, when th- the people drop, the music stops, the lights change, all those things happen, you know, like simultaneously. And, um, like, so there's, again, a lot of moving parts. Um, there's some fog, right? Yeah. 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 There's all this stuff going on. And so technically it's, it's very difficult to do that. And, um, I think if you don't hit it right, the audience will know. Oh well, that person was a little slow falling. Maybe they, you know, yeah, bashed their knee like the they night all before. Really fell at the same exact yeah, time. They dropped. Yeah. Speaking of drops, um, when uh, Victor shoots the creature in the head, oh um, yes. ben goes down. Oh my god! Uh, he just sacrifices his body for the team, <laughs> yes. for the art, for the audience. I mean, he he <laughs> he goes down. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I swear his head hits before the rest of his body hits. Uh, it probably doesn't, but it looks that way. I mean, he sells it. He do- I That stuck out to me, too. And that's, yeah, well, shout out to Ben for that because um, that commitment to just, yes. just wrecking yourself. <laughs> um, to, he, just, to, he just dropped. He's like, you know, it would yeah. look cool. You know, we, we should like, um, like. They didn't have glass coffee tables back then, but if I got a glass coffee yeah. table and I fell through it <laughs> and I get all cut up, it'd be awesome. He's like that mentality. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was great. Well, yeah, I feel like how well it played out with Dan and just shooting him. Like he, Ben stood up and then he shot him at the right time. Yeah. Like he just had that timing so well done. The the gun was another Chris thing. We had it. We had a sound effect, and oh, yeah. I hate using sound effects for guns. It's terrible. It's, it's the literal awful. worst. Yeah. It, it is because like okay, it takes you right remove out. Remove me. Yeah, remove me well, from the situation. Also, it made me. I it made me think about me being in Ben's place, and I'm like, that gun was pointed right at him. I mean, at least from <laughs> my perspective, it looked yeah, yeah. like it, it was. Yeah. And and not that anything's hitting him, but the sound alone, I feel like I would. If that were pointed at me, I'm like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. It was it was so uh, realistic. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the gun a little bit? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, so it's a, it's a prop gun, so it's, you know, really really safe. Um the barrel is like a solid rod, so there's no there's no way anything could eject, you know, for, like it's a it's a blank gun, so it shoots these little you know, gunpowder cartridges that make a loud bang, and um, the, the the flames and discharge shoot out the sides of the you know gun um, into the left and to the right. And there's different size charges you can get. So you can get these little teeny ones, which we use for this show, which are loud enough. I mean, they're this yes, loud as that, yeah. that was loud enough. Yeah, real twenty-two caliber, um, you know, round. Um, and then there's long charges; they get longer and longer. So you you know, if you have a bigger house, if you want a bigger boom, you know, that sort of thing. So we use the smallest ones because we want to kill anyone in the front, you know, <laughs> in the audience. Um, it's it's startling enough when it goes off. Yes, yeah. but yeah, people was, are definitely taken aback. Yeah. But it was super safe. And uh, one of the things is we don't use guns very often on stage. They only come out once in a while. And um, as it turns out, <laughs> if you don't clean them, um, like all the carbon and stuff builds up from shooting. 
and a little moisture in the air, you know, or humidity and whatever, and it gums up so the gun wasn't working. It just wouldn't cycle. You'd pull the trigger and the um, uh, the cylinder was jammed, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't move. You'd shoot one, it would go off, and then it would kind of bam, 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 mm-hmm. keep hitting that same cap. So I took it home, took it apart. Um, I, I think... I tried to get it going backstage. Like I had like an yeah. old belt, and I was like rubbing it on the thing and trying to like you know pour like rubbing alcohol on it, and and then it was like, well, there's no guarantee it's going to go off. So the first night we used the sound effect, um, but oh, the uh, first night of the actual performance, yeah, yeah, we had to. I couldn't get it working. Um, I didn't know it was an issue until the last second. Um, the, yeah, but, the exact, the very last second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I took it home and and like you know. Got it all scoured up. Now it works like a charm. So that's going to be my job. So, so today, after the thing is over, I'm going to take it and clean it up. And um, we got to store all that stuff, you know, where we know it's going to be yeah. next year in the office. So, yeah, because so I need a gonna... gun for next season. Wink, Ooh. wink. Ooh, can't wait to hear about yeah. this. Well, <laughs> yeah. Not today, but yeah. there's a reason to tune into the next, every episode after this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to talk about Ben a little bit. You guys mentioned him. Um, I... So I've known Ben forever. He's just one of my very best friends. I love that man. Um, when we were first talking, I, I was going back and forth if I if I should say something about this or not, and mm. I think I should because I, I think that kind of stuff is cool. I like to see alternate castings. Yeah. And yes. When you and I were originally talking, I had somebody in mind for the role, mm-hmm. and I had him in mind for a while. I don't know if he even knows. Um, it was Sean Poland. Oh. Who's my music director for Sweeney Todd? Right, I think he's fantastic on stage. He's fearless, so like yeah. I could see him. Being yeah, and so like creature. my my whole idea was completely different to begin with, and then, um, like I I said last time, I, I told Ben, like the night before auditions, like yeah, no, you you can't be the creature, and <laughs> nice here he That's is, not happening. <laughs> yeah, and so I always just kind of had like I, I think Sean could could kill it. And then Amanda was there at the first night of audition. So afterwards, I'm like, hey, you know anyone who's auditioning? And she listed off like a bunch of people. She's like, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And she didn't say Sean yet. I'm like, well, what about Sean? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, he's missing. Like the, He would miss like the last week of shows. Oh. So like my world like exploded Crushed. a little bit. And yeah. then Ben came out. And then I, I saw Ben and Dan. And I'm like, oh, my God, this could be something really special. And everybody, Dan is phenomenal. Dan is absolutely amazing and i can't mm-hmm. even fathom doing that i mean the, he was like on his own for so long yeah and, and he in almost every scene and he kills it yeah and but like that was i that was never a doubt in anybody's mind like okay dan as victor that makes sense did all you around. ever think of switching them yeah dan yeah is... when it first happened but then i'm like like because the whole time you're just like okay dan as victor just i don't know Everybody knows like that that's going to work and that's going to be amazing because he's just an amazing actor. Ben's an amazing actor, but he's never done anything like the creature ever. And so there was some doubt from not from me. I believe in Ben. I talk about Ben's my favorite person all the time. Um, so there was some doubt when he was cast and it's in that moment. And I told him this. I'm like, OK, we're going to change everything that people know about Frankenstein, the creature, the monster from last time, from from books, from stories, from movies we're going to change that all when you first come out. So that is the most important thing that you're going to do in this entire th- play. Yeah, and people every are night expecting. he kills that. Yes. And he reinvents, he reinvented everything. And I am, I am so proud of him. I, there's one night where 
Nay got really loud when he came out for, for a curtain call. And I started getting a little emotional. Like I started tearing up and I went down. I just gave him the biggest hug. I'm like, dude, I am so proud of you right now. Like I can't even I'm, – I'm so glad because you deserve it because he worked so hard. And yeah, I'm genuinely just so proud of that man. That definitely is my favorite role of his. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him in a ton just because I haven't been around as long. But um, I I definitely remember thinking during the play, he worked on this. He oh, yeah. worked hard on this to get yeah. the emotion out of his character. Yeah, to step outside of himself, too. Because yeah. it's a character's... Um, there's so many things that are really human about him, you know, but he's also so alien. There's nothing else like him. You know, right. there's never been anything like him. And um, I think Ben subverts expectations um, from the moment he shows up on stage um, when the door opens and a creature kind of staggers out, taking his first steps. And I, I, DJ, you gave him great direction on that because um, you're right, that you have to grab the audience and subvert their expectation um, and get their buy-in immediately. Yeah. Otherwise, you're toast because everyone expects the creature to be like this giant hulking mm-hmm. thing, right? Um, everyone does. And so to to, it's really brave to not tell the story exactly that way and give them what they expect. Um, it's hard on the actor. It's hard on Ben. Um, that could have been really nerve-wracking for him. And I didn't see him, you know, waver at all. I think he was just fearless, went for it, and it was great. And... Um, you know, like something like Jekyll and Hyde, which we did last year. Um, in in the book, if you ever read it, um, Mr. Hyde is smaller than than Jekyll. He's stunted because he's the side, the evil side, um, the darker side of uh, Doctor Jekyll that is uh, is malnourished. So the the reasoning behind uh, you know um, him being smaller is that he's he's undernourished. So he's like this weird little imp, you know, character. He's strong. And savage, but he's smaller in the book. But because of movies, right? He's always like the Incredible Hulk. He's mm-hmm. this giant thing because of Looney Tunes, and and so everyone expects that. Um, and to some extent, that's what we did last year. But I thought that it was a really brave choice for uh, for you, DJ, to cast Ben, um, because again, it immediately subverts expectations because he's the same size as Victor. Yeah, you know, and it. It makes it a lot more of a realistic story, a lot more human. Um, it's a little more twisted because they look alike. Yes, yeah. I love that. It's just playing on a different take than what people expect from Frankenstein. Like the vanity, yes. you know, the audacity. Like making um, the creature in his image. Yeah. The creature takes on um, Frankenstein's own characteristics as well. And then it that is what makes you question who's the real villain. I mean, right. is it Frankenstein or is it the creature? Right. Yeah, I love that. And they they both play that extraordinarily well. But I, that was something I wanted from the beginning because it's that I could have played. Like, I think that's my, my favorite choice I made throughout this whole thing was obviously casting them. But um, before I even knew about them, I, I said, like, I was talking to Chris about it. Like, I, I want him coming down the stairs to be like emotional because it is like it was and and like i'm like i I don't want to play the big bombastic music and like this creepy music or something like i want it like start out with a bang and i was like oh okay here he comes and then like fade into like the the, like the violin cello piece we had and him coming down to that it's like oh my god this is not a monster monster Mm -hmm. this is different 
right, what happened to him is monstrous. You yeah. know, uh, Victor's hubris becomes monstrous, and um, and that's you know, physical, you know, manifestation of that, um, you know, that that pride sort of gone wild. You know, yeah. yeah. So uh, you'd mentioned Alex. Uh, you know, who's the real villain? So. It, I know we're not done, so let's see what happens by the end of the podcast. But um, who do you think the real villain of the story is? Um, I definitely don't think it's the creature. <laughs> I think the creature was just... Um, he ended up being a product of his environment. And the way that people treated him brought him to take vengeance on the community around him. Whereas... If he was shown love in the beginning, he wouldn't have turned out to be that person or that thing. Right. Like, how bad would it have been for Victor to just hug him? Yeah. Be like, oh, it's okay. And then pull the plug. And not... And not <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, you jerk. He just, he's just like, oh, I hate you. And he runs away. Yeah. Not one time did Victor ever stop to think about the creature's feelings and just to even empathize or sympathize with him at all. I yeah. don't think no. Victor did that at all. He he doesn't really. I think maybe in that first scene when they're in the forest and he learns the creature can speak. Um, but he never acts on it. No, he's astonished by it. But I think I think at that point he's so consumed with the fact that he really overstepped. Yeah, you know right. everything, right? Like he just blew it. Um, <laughs> there's no going back. There's no undoing that. There's no like explain. Well, you know, I was having a bad day. I was a little low, so I decided yeah. to create life, <laughs> um, you know, on life, and uh, and so I think he just wants to undo it. So he's driven from that moment to undo what he's done to stop it to 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 fix his mistake. And I think that's the sort of tragic thing is that he doesn't. Uh, he tries to take responsibility way too late. Yes, yeah. and his form of taking responsibility is to 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 kill the thing and which you know didn't want to be born in the first place but like ask it hey do you want me to let you you know put you on your misery he's just like no i'm gonna do this you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be the daddy here i'm gonna take over and do this and yeah the creature's like yo yeah (laughs) let's have a discussion first man (laughs) right right stab me um no point did um victor just like you said take responsibility and i think the villain is ultimately someone who can't admit their mistakes and their faults. Right. But then at the same time, that being said, isn't Victor a product of his environment and him being emotionally um, just weakened by his mother's death? Right, right. And then the subsequent deaths that (laughs) happen. Yeah. So same question to you, DJ. Who do you think the real villain is? Some that's random character. Yeah. Um, right, the those jerks on the scaffold. Yeah. 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 The ones hanging Elizabeth. Right. They suck. Like they didn't even give her a Maybe shot. Maybe it's the people that um, surround Victor and never stop him from his mistakes. Never go to oh, him. It's an interesting take. They don't. No yeah. one really questions him or, or yes. like challenges him. Yeah. Elizabeth tries a little bit here and there. Yeah. And then she kind of just wimps out and But no one really gives it to him straight. Like, you messed up. Like, that's also the line I was trying to blur is is who's uh, the real villain. And that's why I like the the flower scene. Because it'd be so easy to say, oh, well, the creature's a villain because he brutally murders everybody in Victor's family. And, like, Mm -hmm. like, even 
I feel like that's too far. Like, okay, yeah, you created me for no reason, whatever. But like to strangle a child in the woods and kill everybody else he loves is like kind of crazy. Um, but like, I, that's why I like the, the flower scene where it's like, he tries in the beginning. He's like, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but I see her picking flowers. I'm going to pick a flower, give it to her. She screams and then he gets brutally beaten and then he finds somebody else he likes. And then she dies because of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think pushing that and it's like, Oh my God, like, yeah, maybe, maybe he's not the the villain and this is all happening. And then I think Dan plays it really well where it's like, he could easily be like, Oh yeah, hands down. He's the villain. Yeah, because at some points I was definitely like, okay, please, what? can you not make this mistake again? Right. Like, you just keep making the same mistake. But he tries, and he tries, like, all right, I'm not going to tell my family. I'm going to keep this separate from them. And then, like, his Hail Mary is the, the she-creature, and he's he's trying so hard to fix what he's done, maybe in the wrong ways, but he's still like, I can't let this, like, affect my family, affect all that. So it's, like, it's so blurred that it's up for interpretation. Who Who do well, you think... If- what if he, he, Victor just accepted the creature from the beginning? Yeah, but also in that moment, if you're like, okay, I've been working on this, I don't know, whatever, and then a man that you just created walks down the stairs at you, I'd, I wouldn't he, hug it. I'd be wait, like, what is – no. You don't have to hug <laughs> it. <laughs> like, no. He created this thing. Don't you at least want to get to know your creation? I would feel some responsibility to take care of it. I mean, I think that um... – it's not. It's not a flaw in the, the novel because the novels. It, it's like immaculate. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's one of the questions she sort of brings up is you know this idea of responsibility, like God's responsibility to to His children, us, and then um, as as parents, our responsibility to um, you know our kids, and even like your responsibility to like your peers, people around your community. You know, like right. Um, the creature's like first three interactions with humans because he doesn't consider himself human is horrific. Yeah. His father is like, you're a freak. Get out of here. <laughs> and he runs away screaming. And then this next woman like screams. And then, then okay, well, maybe the third experience is, well, no, the third experience is the mob that beat him. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, you guys all stink. Right. And then, and he's still willing to let it all slide. Yes. He's like, all right, well, you know, maybe I don't quite understand <laughs> what's going on. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. And so he's learning how to eat soup, you know, from this kind old blind lady who the mob kills. And he's like, you know what? Humans can all die. Yeah. And he still comes back later and was like, you know what? We got off on the wrong foot here. I killed your sister. That was awful. But just to let you know I'm serious, um, that happened. Make me a mate. I'm going to go away. Yeah. And leave you alone. <laughs> and Yeah, he made him an ultimatum. And But then I could still see, like, if you're Victor in that scenario, it's like, okay, now I'm going to create another one. And they're just supposed to leave me alone when they're, like, indestructible animals? I don't know. The only reason why the creature is acting the way he is is because of how people are treating him. Yeah, but Victor doesn't know that. He's just like, okay, this is like... I don't get it. Victor is some smart scientist. (laughs) Right, how does he not know that? Well, he... In the novel, it's like he swoons and just goes off into a fever dream and, like, thinks the creature, I think, wandered off into the forest and dies. He doesn't think it's going to keep going. Right. And um, so that was the most difficult thing. Uh, Fun fact, I played Victor 11 years ago. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I got to play that part, which it's an amazing part. You're right. He's on stage all the time. (laughs) He's got all the lines. Um, It's exhausting to have everyone die and to find, like, a different way to grieve over (laughs) six different times people dying. Um. But that was one of the hardest things to find my motivations because my, uh, you know, my modern self was like, just 
help it out, hug it, right? <laughs> do yeah. something. And so I'm like, well, how do I get into the motivation of this guy? What is he trying to do? Why does he keep screwing it up? And I think, again, he's he is being protective of his family, as you mentioned. He's trying to protect them from what he's done. Right. Maybe he'll own up to it someday, but he's got to take care of this first. He can't bring his mess, dump it on the family, be like, hey, can you help clean this up? Which is probably what he should do. Right, right. Um, I think Victor didn't expect the creature to live a long time. So my my theory is that while they're perfecting this this serum, him and the and, and Professor Waldman, uh, Waldman, um, you know the mouses, the mice, they die after a while, right? They have like there's a certain amount of life they get, and then pfft, they conk out. And so I think Victor is kind of horrified because and and mystified when this thing's coming down the stairs, and he's like, all right. This is horrible. Right. I'm not going to do this again. Um, and then the thing doesn't croak. It just comes at him and it tries to touch him and it's too much. Right. You know, and so that's how I tr- I tried to, to play it was that he just kind of, you know, short circuits in that moment. And then the thing just won't die. And, and he tries to, to make good on it. Um, he tries to undo it. And he tries to kill it. Um, I think he thinks that's his best hope. Right. And undoing his his mess, um, I think also at that point I don't know how deep his religious convictions are. Victor, he seems to really be angry at God, or maybe think he doesn't exist, or put science above it. But I think when he sees this thing staggering around with with uh, without a soul, now he believes in a soul. So he goes under this undergoes this big transformation too. So yeah, and um, something that stuck out to me relating to that is. Well, I want to say kudos to your dad for the writing, because I feel like yeah. this is one of the most well-written of something that he's worked oh, on. Oh, yeah. And there were so many great lines, but there was one during the funeral scene, the mother's funeral, and the father says something along the lines of, in time, you're going to have to answer to God. And then Victor says, in time, God's going to have to answer to me. And at that moment, I was like, damn, like, I, I said that out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But it's that also line. leads to this idea of Victor acting as God in some way right. when he creates the creature. Right. So there's some parallels there. Yeah, he do- he just leaps to do it because he's he's angry and hurt, and he lets that inform his decision to go ahead and reanimate a, a human corpse um and one you know we want our creators we want our parents you know uh to um be better than that and think things through before you know they bring us into the world right and um you know we don't we i guess we don't always get that um and i don't you know you guys are older now than you were when when i first met you but the older you get the more you realize that sort of the um in the world, I mean, it's a cynical approach, but to some extent, um, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. Like, the world isn't as organized as you think it is. And and um, there's this sort of momentum and inertia that kind of takes you through life that you you, you have to sort of grab it by the horns and, and make life, you know, make sense to you. Right, right. I don't know where I'm going with all this, but... Um, I, I I think that's something that Mary Shelley was trying to, to touch on in her novel. 
And um, I think your dad captured it really well. Oh, yeah. Um, and the one thing I think your dad did that, that I was relieved by when I got to play it, um, I don't know if Dan read the novel before. I did. I did because um, the script wasn't available. I knew it was coming and I wanted to audition right. um, back in 2012 or 2011. And so I was like, well, the only thing I can do is inform myself by reading the novel. Right. So I read it. And I was so frustrated with Victor because he's like such a putz. Like he just is like, eh, it'll work out. You know, I'm going to go home, <laughs> just, just, you know, bugger off to Geneva and it'll all work out. And it continually doesn't. And he continually is like um, blind to it almost until the end. And I, what I like that your dad did is that he upped the horror scales by making Victor like competent. And he keeps trying to do the right thing, and he he does really great stuff. Like he lures the creature to um, you know the lighthouse with the promise of a bride, distracts the creature with the bride collapsing, right, and then shoots him in the head. And then he's like, "I'm not taking a chance now. I'm going to burn him alive, and the building's going to collapse around him. I'm just not taking any chances here." And the creature still comes back. Right, that is scary when you do. Um, you know, this is air quotes, all the right things, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he does everything he can. He thinks about it really smart. He's very cunning. He's he's kind of ruthless at that point. And the creature still comes back. That's scary. Yeah. It's like, you know, the real Michael Myers kind of. Right. right. Just, he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything. Um, that's scary. Your dad and I talked about that. If anyone's ever seen the Blair Witch Project, um, mm-hmm. that movie, with its fatal flaw is that all the characters are stupid. They, right. they throw away the map, you know, they, they can lie to each other. They're like huge jerks. So you're like, you kind of want the witch to off them. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And and also, you're like, well, of course you're going to die. You did everything wrong. <laughs> right. And Don told me that. And then he writes the script, places it in front of me, and I see it. And I'm like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. He he saw that, like, you can't just have Victor blow it all off on stage. No one <laughs> yeah. in the audience is going to yeah. you know, be compelled by that. Uh, and instead, he has Victor just try to do everything right, um, executes things really cunningly, and he still loses. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it shows how great the script is because 10 or 11 years ago, whenever we did it the first time, is so different. Yeah. We have to watch it sometime. We, we have it. I want to watch it with you at oh, some point. Oh, like Yeah. Oh, let and, me know when you guys do. Yeah. I would love to do that with you. Not just because, um, because I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those actors. Oh, I don't like watching myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I kind of, you know, I like the stuff I'm in. I, I'm proud of it. But it's hard to watch because, uh, you know, when you're acting for a camera on film, you know, where the camera is, everything's set up to make you look great. And and on a stage play, it's I'm acting to the audience. I'm not yeah. doing it for a camera. Right. So you're always like, ah, ew, yeah. I look right. terrible. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, you know. And that's one of the few shows that um, I can watch and not be horrified by. Um, I was like, I was just in the zone. Everybody was in the zone. And it, it just speaks to a totally different cast. The only right. people that were in this show from, from the last time were me and Vanessa. Yep. Playing different roles. And, um, but it's, it's a testament to how well written it is because um, it, the interpretations are so different. Right. And I don't hate watching it. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, like I, I would love to do like a back to back watch. Like, there, there's so many differences, and I, and I watched that version. I watched it like five, six times bef- before I did this because I'm like, okay, I, I want to honor this because I love it, and I, it still affects me eleven years out, and but I want to make it different. 
I don't want people to come back and be like, oh yeah, I saw this, you know, eleven years ago. It's still good. Mm-hmm. I want it to be that. different. Thank you. It's amazing yeah. when you take. Um, it's the same exact words, and how someone can paint it with, you know, different strokes of color that the d- director does. The, you know, the, um, the actors do. You know, Ben's a prime example. You know, Ben's not the most giant dude in the in the world, um, and but he's scary. Yeah. You know, he's pretty unhinged. He's as as the um the creature. And, and Victor, like his his the way he approached it was really different than what, the way I approached it. Um we we're all saying the same lines, but he just had some different direction from you and and different inner motivation. And I can't wait till this is over cuz I I haven't talked to Ben and um Dan about it a lot. I haven't asked them um, you know, oh, I, you know, I told them, you know, good job, you're doing a great job. But it's like it. I haven't talked to them about it because I don't want to get in their head and have them think about anything else. But I can't wait to dissect it and deconstruct it with them afterwards. And what were you thinking in the scene? What were you yeah. doing? Cause, mm-hmm. Um, it's so cool, and that's the the beauty of live theater. That's why you got to get out because it has a life. It's different every night, you know, even if it's the same show, and yeah. then it's over, and it just it's just gone. Yeah, and if you don't have it in your memory, you've missed. You know, a unique experience. You know, it's 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 like a micro uh, slice of life. You know, it's brief and fleeting, and, and it's beautiful. And if you don't see it, it's gone, and shame on you. So get to the theater. <laughs> yeah, you know. Exactly. And like what I what I hate is like, okay, oh well, you'll do it again. You'll do the show again. Like, yeah, but yeah, no, uh, not the same cast, not the same music, not the same set, not like 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 this. How we're talking about how different these are. They're two completely different shows. Absolutely. So it's like if you miss the first one, you miss something really special. If you miss this one, you miss something really special. You did such a good job on the show, uh, DJ. I found myself wanting – I'm tossing this idea around uh, for 10 years from now. I don't know if you want to direct it or if you'll be sick of it by then. But like um, I love the comparisons and the differences so much that I, I, I would toy with the idea as a you know like TM money-making scheme. Um, <laughs> cast like two different people as the creature – um and just have a three week run and every other night there's a different creature which would compel or oh, or maybe yeah. have like one week one creature the next week a different creature which compels people to come and see it again yeah I know it seems like a money making scheme but I I also think that for people who haven't done theater that if you're just an audience member you don't realize what goes into it right you don't realize how alive live theater can be and. And that's one of those things. If you see it, you're like, oh, that is a different yeah. take on it. Yeah. And I think unless you see it happen, you don't know. And, and waiting 10 years <laughs> is a long time. To, it's, it's playing the long game and building an audience. So. Yeah, that was definitely something I, I was thinking. I'm like, 10 years from now or whenever you choose to do it next. I'm like, wherever I am in the world, I, I want to come back and have my shot. At I told you. Right? I told you to audition. I know. And you I, said you no. did, but I... You know, I have other things going on, right. but totally. yeah, I mean, regret is <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> that is an awesome feeling because, um, like, it's hard to sit shows out, um, but when you sit out in, a th- in the audience and you're like, "Man, I'm glad I wasn't in the show because I got to watch it." That's <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And then there's also that you know that shot shot in Freud, no, regretsy, right? Regret where you just sort of, oh man, I wish I was. I wish I was on stage in this. Yeah, but I, I definitely out. think what you were saying a few episodes ago, um, how you felt like you cast the right people. Yeah. And not even just the right people, but 
each person was right for the character. Uh, and I agree. I I felt like everyone was purposely placed in the character that they had. Yeah. And it, it, it just came together. Thank you. Yeah, I, I've gotten pretty good at this casting thing. And that's like my 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 favorite thing is putting it together. I hate not casting people. Like obviously that part just sucks. Oh, it's the worst. But like I I don't know. I just like like okay, now let's try this person and this one. Like like we talked about last time like Amanda as as a mother is different mm-hmm. and she's right. killing it. And then you coming back to play Waldman was like what yeah, I had I liked you as the professor. Oh, thank you. You did such a good job. Well, I had that in my notebook that. like forever. But then you didn't audition, so I'm like, okay, well, he's not <laughs> he's not going to do it. And then um, fate and and you did do it but like i i could bring the notebooks in and be like okay like that would be that would be cool to have him because it's it's literally the the passing of the torch moment mm-hmm. so i i love that i think that's so cool fun fact um just because of my temporal uh point in the timeline um being older than dan um and dan's i'm sure going to be horrified to hear this um <laughs> i i tend to play characters um before dan gets the chance <laughs> but just because, again, where I'm placed on the timeline, it's not like, you know, he's got to work his way up to it. Um, it's just I'm older. <laughs> and so uh, I, we have this habit of, like, he plays this part, like, 10 years after I do kind of right. thing. <laughs> and it's really funny. Um, and But that's one of the reasons why I think I didn't audition at first is I, I didn't want, like, the specter of what I did. Because um, it was, like, a fun joke for Dan and I to, to have like this inside joke together, but I didn't want anything to sort of inform his decision and taint it. And, and, um, and I wanted to be a part of it. So I always was going to like help it with a set and, you know, snow machine and things. But then, like you said, fate intervened and I was so happy to have that, that role. And so it's funny to hear that you were thinking about casting me as that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Just now I did not know that. Um, that was great. I, I really, I really love that part. It was so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to watch. And like in that moment, like for people who know, it's like, Oh my God, he, he's literally passing the torch right now, like for this this character and this huge in journey he's about to embark on. Yeah, it's such a multiversal approach. It's like yeah. you know, like uh, Waldman, you know, would have created the creature in a different timeline, and and he yeah. did in a different timeline as me. So yeah, that's fun. <laughs> who, who played the creature last time? Daniel, not Daniel Torres. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Uh, I I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he goes by Daniel Baker. Yes. On social media, so we'll call him the artist formerly known as Daniel whatever. Um, Daniel Baker. Um, he played him last time. And he's, if, if for those who aren't uh, in the know on the podcast, he's he's a really tall person. He's well over six feet, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. He's um, got to be. But his frame is big. Like his bones are big. His head is like giant. I mean, it's like a jack-o'-lantern. Like I, like, I could literally, like, hollow out his skull and wear it as a helmet. Like, he's that big. So, you know, last time we did it, it was all the motivation I needed to be terrified of him because he just, there's no way, you know? Like, even if he wasn't superhumanly strong, he would kill me in a fight. Um, just, just tear me in half. And he's got a really deep, you know, baritone voice. It's very booming. He's very loud. And um, he was more of what... No, he's still subverted people's expectations of what the creature was going to look like. Right. He has long hair, you know, he's uh, he's jaundiced and things, but he's not green, doesn't have bolts in his neck. Right, right. You right. know, he doesn't walk around his arms out like Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> um, so he, he did a fantastic job, but he was gigantic, and it was literally huge shoes to fill. So again, real real big shout-out to Ben Torres for um, reinventing that character, and to you, DJ, for just yes. 
directing him. And, Thank and, you. And, and honestly, bold. I, I did not expect that casting choice. When you told me, uh, I, I was like shocked for a moment. So I don't think I responded for like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was only out of shock at how genius it was because I was like, I would have never thought of that. And I was in my mind already imagining how awesome it was going to be. Yeah. So it wasn't like doubt. It was just like, that little bastard, how did he think of that? I never <laughs> I, thought I of that. that. I that love that from the get-go. Genius. Yeah. yeah. Genius casting. Well done. Thank you. And it was in the middle of Yes, Virginia. So like we had to finish the run. And I have this picture. Anybody who wants to see it, who's a listener, asked me to see it. There's this picture... And it's crazy to think about because I pulled this picture up on my phone and it looks like uh, kind of like a Tim Burton version of what the creature would be. And he's got the black coat and the, the, the hair like like Ben. He pretty much looks like Ben. Yeah. And I that was still when I wasn't even thinking about Ben for the creature. So it's like oh, it's wow. so ridiculous to now look at the picture and be like, that's Ben in the picture. <laughs> It's like something inside of me was always like, oh, it's going to be Ben. But I just didn't realize it until I saw him like, oh, my God, he is this picture that I've been looking at for months. And it all just came to be. And he looks like the picture when he's on stage. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it like manifested itself. And and I'm really did. It's awesome. I'm I'm so proud of him. I'm so glad that we're uh, we have so much to talk about with the show. I'm really proud of the show because, um, you know, we're like halfway through the podcast or something. I don't know. We and we've been talking for an hour. Yeah, wow. we're like, that's usually, well, we usually go over a little, but like. Yeah, this will be a long one. That's fine with me. <laughs> but strap I, in. But yeah. Yeah. Strap in, folks. Um, you know, go get, go get a water real yeah. quick. Um, I'll kill some time for you until <laughs> you get back. But um, no, I think it says a lot to the, the production quality of the show and everyone involved, the writing, everything, um, Mary Shelley, everything. It mm-hmm. just. It's such an amazing piece of, of literature and theater to this day. It just compels people. And, um, and I, I think you come back to the roots of what the creature is with this you know, casting choice and um, the way you directed it. Because he's so human and he's so vulnerable when he first comes out. You know, like he's just like a baby deer, you know? Yeah. And I think you described him as that. Yeah, that was always like, I'm like, he has to... Uh, and I told Ben to look up, like, okay, dude, like just look up... Baby deer's learning how to walk, and I don't think he ever did, but he, he's imitating it real well coming out. Yeah, the physicality of his character, he 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 knows how to play that. Oh, yeah. And he's real, um, like, I've been, you know, in, in, like, what was essentially a loincloth on stage before, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not comfortable. Um, you know, it's real, it's real self-conscious, it's hard to like, strip down as, as much as, as he did in that scene. He's barefoot, you know, walking around on wooden floors. And, um... He was really bold in doing that, so I want to uh, congratulate him for for that brave choice too. Because he doesn't have any clothes on, and um, you know, for the audience, they just see him as as a person, as a yeah. tragic, tragic, you know, cast aside, unwanted child, and and it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, thank you guys for all the the nice things. <laughs> it, it really means a lot. Yeah. But I want to get to a little bit about you yeah. and how you started. Yeah, I want to oh, know cool. your background. And we both have have top ten lists that we'll get to later on because you Ooh. have become like I don't know, like the like the king of the winter classic. <laughs> so um, we'll get to that a little bit down. But yeah, I want to hear how you started. Okay. 
All right. So uh, way back in the day before um, Starlight Theater was even a thing, it was Ghostlight Theater. It was the Ghostlight Theater company, and it was operating out of the youth center in North Tonawanda. And so they had um, – this is before you were born, DJ. Yeah. Um, so – Oh man, I'm old. <laughs> Somber. The, the, the music's playing in my head. The melancholy music from when like the blind lady dies. Thanks. Um, so anyway, no. Um, so I, I worked at the youth center, and I was down there, and I was like um, hired to decorate the youth center. So I did a lot of paintings that the kids would like on the walls, and I was teaching art classes, and then. Um, and I would sometimes have to sit at the door, do the door duty. So you sign the kids in when they come in, right? And so I'd sit at the door. And so your father, Don, and your mother, Debbie, and your uncle, Jesse, and everyone, and all the old, you know, older guard would always be coming in and out. They'd come in for rehearsals and I'd be like, hey, hey, hey. And, you know, we got to, you know, know each other just in passing. And then um, Jesse must have seen me sketching or something. And uh, Jesse says to me, uh, Jesse Swartz says to me, you know, hey, you know that... I, you know, have you ever seen Maxfield Parish? His his artwork. I was like, no. So he's like, I'm going to bring in a book for you. So then, like a week later, he brings in a book and gives me this Maxfield Parish book. He's an old illustrator from like the 1920s, and um, I love his work. It's amazing. So if you look up Maxfield Parish, you will know him as soon as you see his work. You'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy. Beautiful work. Um, but I, I digress. Anyway, so that's how I sort of had this like friendliness with them and I always thought it was cool and then we would do this haunted house at the youth center and so we would the youth center you know um, normals would put together this haunted house and it was cool you know whatever and then you'd go up to the third floor where Ghostlight was and they would pull out all these props all this crazy stuff there was like a giant demon head that was like 10 feet tall (laughs) and it would blow us out of the water and I'd be like Damn it! This, these guys are awesome, and I would every year I would try to like like do it better with my limited means and down in my stupid you know youth center workshop. And every year we would get crushed. And then um, uh, I was teaching art classes, and some some art kids were in there, and they were like, "Hey, we're in this this show, um, you know, the Ghostlight Show. You should come see it." I was like, "All right, I'll support you know it's the students. I'll come <laughs> see the show." And um, and for whatever reason, I'd never seen a show before, and I came to see a show. And I was, like, astonished at how awesome the show was, the quality of it. Seeing my friends in a different light be someone who I didn't recognize them as. Yeah. Um, and um, I love art. I've always been an artist. Um, and I like art because I like the storytelling aspect of art, what a painting can do. And um, suddenly I've seen my friends, these these art kids that I was teaching, uh, tell a story in so much in a different way where, like, they're painting, their instruments, their tools were their bodies, you know, the sound, the lights. Right, right. And I was like... I, I could do that. I want to do that. And I auditioned for the very next show. I was like, I was, I auditioned for the very next show. And I remember Don was like giving me serious side eye when I walked in. Cause I think he thought I was like a plant because we, we, were, <laughs> oh, no. we, we worked for like the, 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 the um, city of North Tonawanda. And so I think he was like, is he here to see if I'm like screwing this up and wasting taxpayer <laughs> dollars? You know, like he had this look in his face. Like he just uh, didn't know what to do with me. And, um, so I was in a show called The Homecoming, and I wanted being like three different roles. There were three different characters, and I remember being like so psyched that I got three different characters. And um, not that that wasn't important, but I remember being like, I'm going to make sure each one of these characters is very different. They're going to walk different. They're going to talk different. And honestly, God, I don't know if I, I did any of that, because that's when we were performing on the stage at the Riviera. 
and there's no microphones. And if you've oh. ever been in a theater, yeah, I mean, you got to scream to like have anyone hear you. So there's no <laughs> right. nuance. This all the character, <laughs> everything I did, I'm sure was like you know blown out by that giant barn. And um, but I was hooked, and um, and eventually I came to work for Ghostlight because uh, Dan Sonnen, the outgoing um, technical director, was leaving. Um, for a job in a college, I think in the Carolinas, and so I was like, I work for the city. I could work for them. That way, I don't have to have like the horrible production value of <laughs> our crap, you know, haunted house. Um, anyway, so I, I just you know started working uh, for the theater, and I got to use my art in building sets and things, and um, just learned that I loved acting, and I loved that the theater community. I loved. Um, you know what Don and Debbie had built there at the the family, and it become like a, a second family for me. And so, um, yeah, I mean that's where I started. So that's a long story as to where I started and how I started and how I got into it. But I think I I wanted to tell it because um, it's really important for people to who are even interested at all just come out and try something. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't want to be on stage, just come paint something. I mean, there's so much to do. It's like. It's like therapy to show up on Saturday and paint, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's always something to do. So that's the start of it. And then where did I go from there? Um, I got to get I, – I got a lot of really good roles. And I think because of my age and things. Um, and then I, I have this weird – my family has this weird, like, thing where we don't look our age. So um, <laughs> I'm always kind of looking 10 years younger than I am. Now I don't because my white hair, but um, – so I was playing characters who were like usually 10, 20 years younger than me. And it was cool because I got to bring a lot of life experience to a, you know, a younger character. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I had kind of an advantage there and I, I liked that. Um, but that got frustrating eventually because I couldn't, I didn't get to play um, a character with any sort of sinister arc at all. I was always sort of a nice person. And it was fun, but I felt <laughs> like I did that. And Frankenstein in 2012, I think was, I think it was the first time um, I got the opportunity to play a character with any sort of, you know, sinister intent or uh, like duplicity. Someone who maybe was doing the wrong thing and driven to do it. it like he, he was such a complex character and did things that were pretty dark, you know. And um, that was my first shot at it. And maybe I'm hoping that I broke the mold a little bit and, and Don got to see me as someone who could be a little darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not just like always, you know, upbeat and stuff. And so then I, I started to get cooler ro- roles. And after that, and then one of my favorite ones, which was in the, um, one of my favorite winter classics, which we'll get back to the top 10, definitely the Edgar Allan Poe show. Oh yeah. You know, I got to play this kind of psycho killer in the, in the black cat. Um, the fall of the house of Usher, uh, was, was a great one. I got to play that character who was kind of unhinged and, and nuts. Um, the Raven. That was fun. That, so, yeah, very cool. But um, so the, yeah, that was my first chance. So thanks, thank you, Don, for letting me play Victor. You know all that. You know those years ago, and and then giving me an opportunity to do other things besides all the things I you know I had done, which were wonderful and fun. But it's fun to to theaters like playing dress up. You get to be someone you're not. You know mm-hmm. for a while, and and it's fun to explore like the villainous aspect of humanity. Without actually having to be a villain. Right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to hurt anyone. You can just pretend. <laughs> so. Do you have, did you go to school for anything art related? Do you have a background in that or was it just your own learning? 
Um, yes, I always liked art and drawing. I think I first learned when I was like, uh, like, like four years old. I was like, we were all drawing and we had art hour. Probably our, you know, neighbor's parents were like, shut up, kids. You know, here's some crayons, you know, <laughs> be quiet for a little while. And they had like this, like Disney um, cookie jar. It had like Goofy on it. And, and I remember having this crayon and I was sitting there like at four, like drawing Goofy based on what I could see. And um, my friend's father like called my mother and he was like, Mrs. Fire, your four-year-old can draw. Like it looks like he's tracing. And I'm watching him do it. Like, if I didn't see him do it, I would have thought he was tracing. You'd oh, wow. never, You know, like, you've got, you got to get him into art. And my family, to their credit, um, were, they were, like, you know, working class, blue car. My father's a carpenter, so he's real physical. You know, like, I build stuff, and here's things and houses and it's tangible stuff. And, um, but he, he encouraged me to be an artist. So I always was kind of drawing and painting, and I was making little comic books as a young age. I liked storytelling. <laughs> um so yeah, no, there was always the art there, but I had always watched people on, you know, on stage and in film and thought they were like, you know, grown somewhere else, you know, like that wasn't for me. Like I just didn't think I could do that because it seemed so spectacular. And, um, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized those are just people. Right. Kind of went after something that they, they loved and like a dream they had. And again, I saw, I saw these students of mine and friends of mine, you know, Jesse and everyone and your mom up on stage and... Like, your mom was, like, this, like, um, voodoo witch. It was in uh, Halloween. It was with the latter people. What's that one? Halloween Dreams? Halloween Screams? I think Screams. Yeah. And she was, like, this Miss Ruby. And she was a totally different person. And I was, like, blown away. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I want to do that, you know? So cool. Um, so that's where my art sort of translated into, into theater. And then I realized, like, my father was a carpenter. I can build stuff. And, Did um, he teach you? You know, it was funny. The first show I was in, he did so little teaching, like physically, of me. Like I would watch him. I was, I'm a, I'm a real good watch. I watch people. I'm like lurk. So I would always watch what he was doing. I would listen, but not act like I was listening. Right. And so my father had no idea I could build stuff. So the first show that I built the set for was a Christmas Carol, and um, he was in the audience, and he was like white knuckling it the whole time, just like gripping the, you know, the, the armrest, thinking the thing was going to collapse, so we're all going to die because I built it. He never taught me a thing. <laughs> and he came up afterwards, and he was like relieved, and he was like, "I didn't know you were paying attention." I'm like, "Of course, Dad. I, you know, I, I mean, my dad is my hero, so like, yeah, I paid attention." But um, you know, my father's passed on now, but like, it was really cool. To sort of show him that, yeah, I was listening. I did right. pay attention. And now here's something I can do with my art that also combines your, you know, technical carpentry and craftsmanship. And um, it made me my own person. And I think he was, you know, it helped show him that I was going to be okay in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I'm not actually going to paint pictures and be a starving artist because that's everyone's fear. Right. You know, when they, oh, my kid's going to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that existential crisis moment for a parent <laughs> when they hear their kid wants to be an artist. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I was always interested in art, but then I had no idea art could translate to theater. And now my body's an instrument, my voice, you know, like the way I move, the way I paint a set, you know, the way it gets lit. Right. You know. I've learned so much from you, not only like on stage. I remember when I was when I was young and I'd, I'd watch you on stage and you were always like the the lead, like the, oh my God, like the... That's crazy. And, like, you were never, like, Chris on stage. You're always your character. So I always thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, but I've learned so much about set 
building and set painting and um, lighting and what things could be like pushing the envelope on, on so many different sets. I'd learned so much of that from you. And even this show, mm-hmm. we came, um, I don't know, we were there that one weeknight, the Wednesday weeknight before opening. Yeah. And um, I'm still learning like a thousand new things from you, like paint, painting the door and just the little techniques to it. So I'm, I'm excited to, to keep going with that. Like Sweeney Todd set is going to be absurd. I cannot wait for Sweeney Todd. Yeah. We gotta we have a yeah. talk with now. This is you know <laughs> winding down. You know I have to have a meeting because I got yeah. some ideas. Oh yeah, um, I've got some ideas. And uh, thank you for telling me that. I didn't realize I had such an influence on you. And it's great to know that I got to pay back the Swartz family because to, to answer your question, Alex, again, like further answer your question. I was always into art and always, always but like I I have a bachelor's degree, a bachelor's of fine arts in illustration, with a minor in digital media, digital film. So I was always interested in that sort of performing mm-hmm. stuff, but I never took any theater classes. Like literally, Ghostlight was my trial by fire. I just pushed me off a pier, swim, kid, trial. and but you know it wasn't like that. Like Don, you know, no, taught just me stuff. The pun of your name. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trial by fire, TM, <laughs> um, me. Um, yeah, no, he uh, he taught me a lot about acting and about just direction. So I got to direct some things. I got to direct a couple times in my life, a few times. And um, a lot of this stuff I, I use are directly from him, you know? Yeah. So so that was my theater training, was starting out doing, like, you know, these goofy side characters. And then, you know, learning and building and being able to kind of be a lead character and holding a show. And um, one thing Don told me, and I got to say it here before I forget, is we were talking about... Um, how collaborative theater can be. And as a director, it's your job to steer the ship and it's okay to take suggestions from other people. It doesn't mean that you're not like a genius. It just means that like you're uh, well actualized and, and, and wise and, um, you know, ego formed enough to know when a good idea is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And Don once said to me, he was like, he's the inspiration could come from a stone. It doesn't matter. Right. I'm going to take credit for it anyway because I'm the director. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And But it's true. It's like when you're the director, you're, you're directing things, but it's not like when I'm directing, I have a painting. Right. Sometimes the, the media, the paint informs what I'm doing, the music I'm listening to, but like otherwise I'm in complete control of it. And in theater, you know, you direct Alex to say a line a certain way or do a certain thing and she's going to do it to the best of her ability that way, but then breathe life into it in ways you didn't expect. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's so magical to be like, I, oh, wow, like that's a choice, and, and now it's not mine anymore. I'm just directing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, your dad gave me that, and um, your parents and, uh, you know, uncle taught me how to act. So, anyway, so I'm glad I, I'm glad I was a positive influence. And <laughs> no, absolutely. You didn't run away screaming like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> no, absolutely. embarrassing. <laughs> and and with with like the lodger stuff, um, I I designed the set, and I don't think I've told anyone this. I had a, I had different swirls in, and I'm like, okay, like mm-hmm. I like these like these swirls, and I told you about it, but I never showed you the picture. And then you showed me a picture of the swirl that you wanted to do, and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll pretend that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> but like I just like I just I've I've learned so much. So I'm I'm excited to to keep learning and keep going and keep getting crazier and crazier with with each set we do together because i think the sets we we do together are awesome yeah we collaborate really well and i think that's another thing the sets are fun to do differently um you know you talk about like doing the same show 10 years later making it different putting a stamp on it but it's nice to have the audience come in and they expect 
you know, like our town, it's just ladders. It's real Spartan. Right. And then you come in and you got Frankenstein. It's this big set. And then you come into the next show and it's it's like bright and colorful. And it's, yeah. it's really cool to transform that stage. It's a great space. I know uh, I have theater friends from other theaters in town who've come to see me there. And they're so envious of the space. They're like, you know, no community theater has space like this. Mm-hmm. this you guys are yeah. so lucky. They're so envious. And um, so, yeah. So if you haven't been to, to, to the theater, to the Ghostly Theater, to Starney Theater, go go yeah yeah it's like this is like your first um experience man go see this thing it's they, they do really good work and um i'm not just saying it because I, I do a lot of shows there but <laughs> you know even the shows i'm not in i'm like oh man i should auditioned <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> but yeah the stage is great it's great space um you know it's it's an old building in the community that's not abandoned and so the theater company is uh is a great place and you yeah. know for the community that people go there you go there you know we all, you know, become friends. It's great. Yeah, I love it. All Toast. right, do you want to do you want to break into our our top tens? <laughs> yes. Who wants to go first? I think I think we you, should you go guys like have ten to go first because I don't even have ten. Like we should both say our ten, and then talk about our tens. Like talk over each other. Yeah, I'm like, what are you going <laughs> to say at the same time? <laughs> no, like okay, so like I don't know. I'll I'll say mine first, and we can talk about it. And then you say yours. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's different. And then once we get to the top three, Alex. Can <laughs> I'll, I'll pay, oh yeah, Let's I'll see. listen to you guys. So um, I'm going to be a big fat cheater. I have like twelve. <laughs> oh, <only>. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, does it count if I uh, list Frankenstein twice? <laughs> I also listed Frankenstein twice. Okay, so does that count as two or yeah. one? Okay. Ah. All right. So I got I got some cuts to make. All right. So I'm going to go with, um, and this is in order of how I love them, just the order of. You know, my consciousness. So definitely Frankenstein uh, 2023. This has been a dream wow. to be a part of. Love it. Frankenstein 2012 that, that I played Victor in. Um, that's always going to be something that is really special to me. Um, the Hound of the Baskervilles. That was a super fun show. That was fun, yeah. Yeah. And it's what's an interesting show. It's a, it's a, a, well, you know, I'll keep through my list before I yammer on. <laughs> Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, Treasure Island was um, was amazing. If you saw it, it was visually unbelievable. It was unlike anything we've ever done. Super physical. Yeah. Again, I digest. Um, the Glass Menagerie, I'm going to call that one out. The lowest attended show <laughs> in the Winter Classic. <laughs> no one saw it. Um, it was amazing. Amazingly well acted. I was not in it. Um, it was one of the few shows where I came back. I think I saw it three times. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, and no one wants to see Tennessee Williams because he's just, you know you're going to get punched in the emotions and you know you're gonna get beat up so it's hard right to come out to see him but it's it's really good writing and it was so well handled um joanne miss um was in it um paul mcginnis was in it uh, a real small cast jesse was in it as the, the the narrator um i think um that was his role and um adria ryan who only, that was the only show she did there as far as i know and she was perfect um in the role and it was just like lightning in a bottle yeah. And it's, again, a reason to come to live theater. On to the list, Chris. Jekyll and Hyde last year. Um, that was, I thought, amazing. The Lodger. Um, and I will go ahead and say Nosferatu. I'm not going to say which one. And um, <laughs> we did it like three times. But uh, the Edgar Allan Poe show, um, no list is complete without the Edgar Allan Poe show. Yeah. That's what everyone says. And I, I didn't get a chance to see that. Yeah, I I love that one a lot. This is my list. 
I did put mine in order. Oh, I I really oh. I really thought about this oh. hard. Um, we've done how many? Twenty two, twenty two classics, maybe something like that. Oh yeah, from yeah yeah, it's been twenty two years. Yeah. years. Yeah. Um. So number ten, I have Marvin's Room. Oh yeah, that one really left a. Um, I don't know. It really uh, affected me. And I was so young, and I still remember a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Then I have Nosferatu from the first time we did it, because I remember that a lot, and it really affected me when I directed it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed that that a ton. Then I have The Lodger. I thought that was so so cool and so was, fun. That was a good one. And that was our set. Like that. Yeah, I love our set from that. Yeah, super like Victorian like city interiors. It was very cat and mouse. Yeah. Then I have Nosferatu from 2020, just because I I really really love the imagery. We talked about last time. There's a picture of you and Carolyn up in the with the stained glass on you. Oh yeah, one of my favorite pictures ever taken in that building. So cool. I there's a lot yeah. of just cool, really cool shots from that. And like when he's standing, um, Nosferatu is standing in the the arch, uh, and it's all just red. And they're just shapes up there. Very cool. I love I love some of those pictures. Yeah, the visuals, those like images from that show were really strong. Yeah. Yeah, I have a picture of you in the front of the stage and then the three were they witches. Yes. The brides. brides. Vampires, yeah. yeah. Yeah, vampire brides. Um Yeah, I have that picture of us like crawling towards you. Yeah, I love doing that scene with you. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. That was really Yeah, fun. that's a great picture too. It I is. I really like some of the the stills we made with with that show. So photogenic, so photographic. It was just <laughs> it was just cool. Um yeah. But I love doing that scene with you. We got to do more together. I know. I I feel like that's all we've had. Yeah, like we've together. been in other shows, right? But like But not 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 even like on the same side of the stage yeah, or on, yeah, like on stage at the close. same time. Nothing close to that. <laughs> and that was really cool. That was really cool. Everybody, each sister was sort of sinister and creepy mm-hmm. in a different way and moved different. That was awesome. Yeah. Then I have Tom Sawyer because I'm biased. <laughs> and that was just a great experience. That was a great show. That was why I, I really wish it was like a, I, I would list all the shows. I mean, they were yeah. all so good. So it was hard to not make the cut with that one. Then Little Women uh, 2015 because I didn't see the 2004 one. Um, that it was really special to to watch. Everybody loved it so much. Um, I know Carla; that's like Carla's favorite show. Um, I thought it was really, really special. Yeah, I love being in that. I got to play. Oh, that was twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think two thousand four. So. I think we did it. Yeah, to that. And I was in that. I was Laurie, the boy next door. Case in point. Um, <laughs> and then I got to play who wasn't sinister, but he was an older gentleman, uh, Professor Bear, um, the older professor in it, and that was really fun to play that character. He had very few lines and um, um, I know I'm digressing, but hopefully it's interesting to people. Um, he's an interesting sort because everybody in the audience wants um, Joe to wind up with Lori, the yeah, next door. Right. Mm-hmm. And Professor Bear is like this outsider upstart and he, like no one wants him to be with her. And so I was like, I have to find a way to be compelling enough that the audience wants me to be the guy. Right. And um, so I thought that was really fun. And I hope, hopefully, I nailed it. But um, anyway, continue. Yeah, I would love to be in that one. That would be yeah, cool. no, it's, and like, I, I love when we do scary stuff and, and the Frankensteins and the, the Draculas. And, and even Tom Sawyer had its scary cave part and like stuff like that is like, I really love that in Treasure Island. 
and so then when Little Women was called, I'm like, uh, it's <laughs> not even slightly that. It's just people in a house talking. And so, like, that's what I was expecting the whole time. But then the, the dresses and the, the set and the emotion that, that all the women put into it, uh, it was – I really enjoyed that. I can't wait to come back to it. Yeah, it's a very compelling story. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love playing. Like, all the, character, the characters I got to play in it were great. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see it again. I'm hoping I get to actually watch next time. Um, although, I don't know. I don't know if I can sit out. <laughs> but, yeah. But it, it's, it's a great show. Yeah, I'd love to direct that at some point. Uh, so next I have the Poe Show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. I, I can't wait to come back to that one and go crazy with that. Uh, then I have Treasure Island. Yes. I thought it's just fantastic. That's my number three spot. Solid. Then I have Frankenstein the first time because it had such a huge effect on me. And then I have this time as number one for – I'm sure it's just complete bias. But <laughs> – at the work, and uh, I haven't seen a show where, where people put this much work into it, this much effort, this much emotion. And it shows. The blood, sweat, and tear from everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, yeah, Dan and Ben are going out and, and killing it. Every single person in this oh, cast yeah. is putting everything into it. And so it's been a joy to watch it. So that's it's my number one show. It might honestly be my number one show ever, but at least it's the number one show I've, I've, I've worked on because it's it's been incredible. Well, here's my list. I'm showing my phone to DJ, but the first two are both Frankenstein's. Those are top of my list. Oh, I love it. And I had to pick one, but um, I didn't. So, <laughs> I know. It's it's so hard to pick, so I just picked this one for recency bias and directorial bias. No, but I think bias. it's deserved. I mean, it, out of all the shows I've seen, I that's my favorite thus far. Thank you. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your top three? I have like four. Your your winter classics. You said you made a list. So this is not in any particular order. I don't think. Uh, Well, (laughs) let me say them out loud first. The Lodger, um, Nosferatu, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and then this Frankenstein. Yeah, I would just like to mention that I was in all four of those. (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) That's the number one reason why they're my favorite. Oh, stop it! That's that's like uh, you look at all the big winter classics, like my whole list. uh, You're in like all of these. You weren't in Marvin's room, no, and you weren't in Tom Sawyer, and that's it. That's it. I was in all all the others. Wow. Wow, that's Thank the you. defining that's, factor. That yeah, good. It, it's it, and winter classic after winter classic. Like, oh, this one's like my favorite show, and like, oh well, Chris, Chris was in this, Chris was in this, <laughs> and and you and Daniel always make magic together. So that was something going into this Frankenstein. Like, okay, we have to try to match that. We're great adversaries, and not that either one of us are method, but like. Um, it's funny. I don't know how to pronounce his last name because I never asked it because we kind of stay away from each other backstage. Um, he's just like in his zone. I'm in my zone. And uh, we like each other. We talk. Yeah. But because we're always sort of adversaries, I guess neither one of us wanted to be too friendly with the other. And uh, believe it or not, Jekyll and Hyde last year was the first time we really communicated a ton about what we were doing because we, we were the same person. Right, right. And so we had to. So that was a lot of fun. Um you know how you can be adversarial with someone in role after role in Nosferatu, in uh, Frankenstein, in Jekyll and Hyde, in um, Treasure Island to some extent, right? Uh, the Lodger, like you can be this person's adversary every single time, and you find some way to to make it new. Um, 
and have different life into it. And I think uh, I, I think it's one of the things Ghostlight does is that they don't just it's nothing's on autopilot. Every show right. is approached like you know, like this is the this is gonna be our first and last show. We want to go out and make everyone remember this show. And like, yeah. Like I've never been a part of a show where everyone's just like, oh, just throw it up there. Yeah, just, just get this thing done. <laughs> yeah, get this pig be- out. Beat this cash cow and <laughs> move on to the show I want to be doing. So, and and I love that. So, shout out to to Ghostlight for that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We we really try to put a lot into everything, and it shows. The winter classics are some of my favorite. So I think it it shows with all of them. There, it's always like the blockbuster. Yeah show of the year i feel in in my opinion i know everyone loves the musical and they love a lot of people love like the lighthearted uh, comedy or mm-hmm. a nice song and dance musical i'm like okay but no, i want yeah. i want to sit through a, a frankenstein at treasure island like i want substantial I, I love that too. yeah i love the variety i what i like too is like your, your dad was telling me i didn't realize this because your dad is trained in um in theater right he's got a master's degree <laughs> yeah. in it so um he was telling me that like our formula that we uh we follow with like um the winter classic, the spring comedy, right? Summer musical and like fall thriller. Um that's sort of a Greek formula that's been around for a long time. The Greeks have been doing and we kind of follow that and I like that. And I see a lot of theater companies around that they just sort of like um like their stock and trade is is like misery or like right. drunk people or whatever. And and they just go with it. And like every show you see is like it's like the same show. Right. You know, um, even if it's not. And because um, the stories, the themes are the same. Yeah. And I yeah. like tackling mm-hmm. the different themes. Um, so that's, I don't know, I, I like that about the Ghost Light. Um, as far as me being in all these um, big shows, um, I, I don't know. I don't think I have imposter syndrome or anything like that. But, you know, not coming from a theater background, uh, for me, I was always trying to do my best each time. And I was like trying to keep up with everyone else and show like Don and everyone that like, you know, they could trust me with it. Yeah. I yeah. want to show them like, you know, like repay their trust. Um, so it sort of catches me off guard to, to kind of look back and go, Oh my gosh, I was in like a lot of those and I did have a lot of the good leads and it's <laughs> kind of fun to, to, um, to reminisce about that, but it, it happened before I knew it and I wasn't, I wasn't setting out to, to, you know, create a dynasty or anything, but, um, yeah, I'm in a lot of those. So it's, it's kind of fun. Um, I guess I wish I was paying more attention while it was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's fun to look back. It's fun to look back. And like I said, I was just trying to keep up with people who, who knew what they were doing. So I think it's funny that we all try to do that. We all try to sort of like keep up with the next person. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, impress each other. And um, that's another thing. You can't act. Like they could be the best actor in the world, but if they're not giving back to you on stage, if they're not playing with you and you know, mm-hmm. um, reacting to you and listening to you, it's just gonna fall flat. Yeah, and yeah. No, nobody, nobody does. I mean, occasionally, you know, you, you you work with someone who's, you know, less than savory. But generally speaking, <laughs> we get a pretty good, I don't know, sense for people and casting, and and we get new people all the time. And so it's fun to take a chance and get that new blood. And well, and I love that about this is it's so many new people in it. And somebody walking out was like, "Oh my god, it was it was weird to see all these new people, an audience member, all these new people in it. Like that was cool, and like that's yeah. Thank you for noticing. Like they are new people, and yeah. that was also a big risk. Like okay, let's let's. It always is cast these new people in the, the leading roles, and boy did they ever deliver. Totally. And yeah. as as a director, you know, like you kind of you precast it in your head. 
because you like you don't want to show up and then have nothing. Yeah, so you kind of try to get you know get stack the deck in your favor, um, and then you let people come in and you see the the auditions and let fate decide. Right. Um, so there's always that like dice roll. Yeah. That you know game of chance that you play at auditions, um, but it's really cool that like you know some of the new people that like I, I haven't worked with before are really cool and um, fun and they did a great job and I like that we always give you know new people we were I was a new person you know um, at one time I was just like you know some plant that uh, <laughs> was there to spy yeah on, right <laughs> um, I really wasn't but um, I know that's probably what they thought but they cast <laughs> me and I was like maybe he's afraid not to cast yeah, me yeah we gotta cast a plant I may have just sucked out loud made audible sucking noises at my audition I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> but I got I got I guess it worked out for me. But your top so your top four. I mean those are the ones that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so I I can't really go off of anything else. Nice. And you were you were uh reticent to list uh, number one, right? No, I didn't. I, I didn't say them in any to? particular order. <laughs> oh wait. I know DJ did wants I? to hear it. Yeah. You listed them, but you didn't say they were in any particular order. Yeah, you didn't order. say I didn't say any yeah. particular order, but Frankenstein I think we. I've said this multiple. All right, times. you can stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. You're clear. Um, that's. It's been so crazy to hear people say that. That that's like one of the best shows. My aunt was crying the first time. I I would love to have her on the podcast. Uh, my aunt Barb. Oh, cool. She she was crying when she left the first time, and she's like, "This isn't my top two shows ever. Number one, I'm I'm sure it's all through the night because it's just. I mean, that's untouchable, pretty much. But. Uh, to, and hearing different people come out and be like that, I think that's the best thing I've ever seen here. Is like, it's so subjective. So it's like these people could be hating this and and walking out. And I love it. I mean, I'm I Tarantino said that I'm not comparing myself to Tarantino in any way, shape, or form. He is leagues <laughs> ahead of me, uh, obviously. But um, I'm doing community theater. He's making movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, not making that comparison. But he said something cool where where someone like, oh, like what's your favorite movie? And like he said one of his. It's like obviously, like he makes oh. what he loves, and so yeah. like I, this is one of my favorite shows because I, I wouldn't have made it and put all the time into it if I didn't love it. So I'm I'm super proud of how it came out and how everyone, um, played it. But it's just it's so insane to hear everyone like say that, and it's it's the coolest feeling ever. I'm sure. I, I. I don't like this phrase. This phrase makes me cringe when people say it to me or when I say or. It's something to say to other people, but like I'll say it to you. <laughs> okay. No. I at the end of the play, I I honestly was very proud of you. Thank you. Oh, nice. That's what a lot of people said, and that makes me super emotional too, because it's like I don't know, because I I'm so connected to all these people, and they're all like, oh, I'm like I'm I'm so proud of you for doing that, and it's just like it really means a lot to hear that from from everyone who's who said it, and yeah. from you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I and it it's not just saying it to say it and be nice like it it's a genuine deserved thank um, you thing to say for you we do a lot of good shows i think at the ghost light but um you know there's a top 10 that we all talked about and there's and as you could hear there was some um, a lot of commonality between the lists and some shows just stand out you know um not every show can be the best um and uh it's i think it's really cool that we all have like the same you know yeah, yeah. Like all, you know, all of yours are on my list, and <laughs> yeah. you know, there's only a few that were that were like outstanders or outliers. Where like you had a couple mm-hmm. that I didn't, right, right. And honestly, I I think I did just because like I ran out of room on my list. You know, ten's not enough. 
I know. I know. You know, 20-year history or whatever, 30-year history, yeah. We have to do one of just top 10 every show, and that would be that would be tough. Not just winter oh, classics. Like overall? Yeah, oh, overall, man. overall. I don't know what I would do in that situation. That would be tough. Um, well, we'll say that, for, we'll save that for the next. As it is, this is going to be like <laughs> yeah. a two-parter, I think, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So we'll save that for the next time I'm on. Yeah. I have, I have ideas. All right, all right. I love that. Good, yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, so, uh, again, like, so you were there last night, and mm-hmm. you're coming again today. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you'd mentioned, like, you know, your, some of your favorite scenes. Um, was, there, was there a role that you wanted? Just interested, I think, as, as an actor. As, That's as a cool question. Like, yeah, if I'm... Uh, yeah, if... Will you like when just I'm... give me the costume, honey? Just step <laughs> up, step off, you know. Well, now you can't answer it. <laughs> not not because the, not because the actress was doing a no, bad no. job, but just uh, because you yeah. were like, man, that is so cool. I wish I was doing that. Yes, I I definitely was watching and thinking, wow, if I could play one of these characters, that I would enjoy that. Um, well, I think one. A character that I can't really play because I'm not the right gender. So, like, Frankenstein. The creature. The creature. <laughs> the creature. Okay. I just called him Frankenstein at first. Ha. I know, I did. See? Yeah. That's the, so it. prophetic. I love the Don's yeah. He wrote that. Um, I just think that character definitely takes a lot of skill. And I would love to get to that point of feeling um, like, okay and uh, ready to play that role. Yeah. I would love to subvert expectations. I would love to see a female creature. I actually talked with this about with Amanda about this. We were she she brought it up. It was not my idea, so I can't take it, but she was like, "You know, what if sometime we saw a female creature?" And I was like, "Huh. That would really flip things in a way." Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we would ever do that, but like, uh, it's definitely would be really cool to see. And so it's awesome that you say that. I yeah. think, I think that, I think again, it speaks to how well Ben did, how well DJ directed, how well it's written, everything that the audience is identifying with that character. Yeah, because he could easily be just the shape. Yeah, you know, right. killing stuff, and he isn't. He's super compelling, and um, that just anything that I can dig deep into and really get some emotional connection out of it that's those are the type of characters i love yeah um, so it makes sense that it would be the creature but also mine too like i would love to play that part yeah. you know and not being a tall dude um i don't know that i ever will but like um it really interests me mm-hmm. see i went the opposite direction i i would never want to play the creature really yeah because it's like I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm sitting up there watching, and I'm like I, I don't know. Like I I, I don't think I could first off, but then like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to necessarily, and I don't know why. But I'm just like that. I don't have that in me to to do what Ben did and chain take a role on like that. And like if I were tall and and built and massive, had a forty foot wingspan, then yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, give me give me the creature. But I couldn't bring something. I couldn't bring what Ben brought to it, which is why I respect him so much. It's like I, he shouldn't have been able to to do what he did with this role, right? 
Right. Yeah. It flew in the face of reason, and yet mm-hmm. it was awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, like if if that's what I'm thinking the whole time. Like, there's first off, there's nobody else that could play that. Like, he's just perfect right now, and and perfect for for what I was thinking for it. And and so I'm I'm so happy with that. Like, yeah, I. That's that's how I know I'm like moving away from acting because like I'm not even thinking about being in it at all. I'm just like, no, I I love sitting back and and yeah. watching him grow. Watching and you were there for the rehearsals too. And yeah. when watching him get to where he he was was such a journey and such a a great thing to be a part of. And yeah, really watching was. that process is really cool. Um, and Dan Torres too. Like, um, you know, for me, like I Victor is, it's, it's like one of my top. It's obviously on my top ten. Oh yeah, shows Frankenstein, and and that is my favorite, one of my favorite roles, um, probably top five, top three, maybe top two. I don't know. It's up there. It's it's good. So, sort of standing in this on the sidelines and watching someone else do it uh, could have been really just nerve wracking. Yeah, and like you're doing it wrong. And um, I just had faith in him because I'd seen seen him on stage before, and uh, I you know one small scene with him in Noodles, but um, I knew he could pull it off. Oh yeah, and it was really, really great to have that confidence and just relax and just watch him go. It, w- it was really fun to watch him find different moments than I did. Um, one night in particular, when he's setting the creature on fire, he's like throwing, you know, whatever the fuel on it, and he's lighting the match, and he just this grin starts to come across his lips, and it's just, it's very sinister and maniacal like he's lost it and yeah. now he's so happy he's i'm killing this thing and he's gleeful about it right i don't know if he did that every night but i saw it the one night and it was different and um I, i'd asked him about it you know we, we, had, we had talked about it a little bit but um he was just feeling it he was feeling it a different way and i was never gleeful when i killed um the creature um it was he was my my version of what he was driven he was very cold he was very calculating to do it um, it was like mission accomplished. Like this is the culmination of my master plan. Right. And Dan was like unhinged in a way um, that he was no longer like Victor. Right. And he was smiling, and and it was it was like he you know he was he wasn't Daniel. He was Victor, but he was a new form of Victor. The Victor had never been before. Yeah. yeah. And I loved seeing that. And that was so cool. So um, he did an amazing job too. And and I don't want to understate what what he brought to the role as well because. Um, Again, Victor's written in a way that you could he could easily be the villain. Oh yeah, and we right. sit here talking, and after two hours, and we still don't know <laughs> yeah. who the villain is. And that's something that Daniel did. It was it was a tightrope act, um, and he was able to make it so that way. We we're like, is he? Isn't he? I want him to win. He shouldn't be winning. Yeah, you know, and like you're in this tug of war with yourself. Right. And and he brought that. He could have easily just been, you know, uh, an angry j- jerk. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And he wasn't. Um, so he had layers and, and I love seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have, um, two more characters that I would like to play awesome. if given the chance. All right. That's interesting. Um, from the same play from Frankenstein. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Justine, I feel like just to be able to bring the hide and seek scene alive to the audience yeah. would be a pleasure. Yeah. Because that really tugs at your heartstrings yeah and um i thought erica did a great job especially in the jail cell um she was super emotional the jail cell is is the evolution of that scene was was great to watch too but just every night to to watch her do that is a joy i mean it's so 
emotional mm-hmm. every night, mm-hmm. every night. And and Dan's reactions are are fantastic. But like that's that's some of my that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole play. It's it's so like this is awful. It's yeah. just awful. It's, and then it's to one watch of my her, favorites too. Yeah, and then to watch her upstairs and Dan Dan downstairs, that whole journey is really really emotional. And she she brings that every night. Yeah, they're both fantastic mm-hmm. in that scene. And um, you know, for those who don't act, who are listening to the podcast, it's it's hard to pretend to be that upset every single night and make it believable right. because you kind of, you know, it's like the stages of grief. You kind of work it out, right? So right. you're like, I'm not physically sad anymore. So by the end of the show, unless you're really inhabiting the character and feeling it, um, it's really difficult to to tap into that and those two just seem to do it effortlessly mm-hmm. i never caught them acting i never thought, no oh, yeah. no this is false or oh yeah he can't put the tears on today so he's gonna cover his eyes yeah right. that never happened it was no. awesome so the, yeah yeah eric and dan killed it yeah and then um it, it would just be cool to play the blind lady just to be able yeah. to act that, that's that's an interesting as a blind person just it, like how that challenges you as an actor who can who has sight um like just how different that would be what a weird grouping of characters <laughs> that you would want to play that is a weird grouping i had you because i you said you were auditioning originally so i'm like oh like she could be really good for this part yeah we talked about i that. won't tell you what part you i was what? thinking of. well i don't expect to like get the i wouldn't have expected to get the blind lady i'm just not in that age range i don't think but yeah um Definitely, I think for me, maybe Justine, outside of the creature, but like that obviously is a male role. You say that, but I mean, it could change, but for right now, well, my dad, because we talked about it, and my dad was, uh, he he really liked it being like the Adam and Eve creation story, and Adam mm-hmm. was created first and stuff, so he he was like, it, it's it would mean more if it was a guy. And he, not that he was like, no, yeah, I can't ever be a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he, he was just like, like, like the whole story is kind of, because he really loves the religious undertones of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, the whole story is kind of built around that. So to make it a woman right away kind of just like it takes that aspect things. out of it. It does change yeah. things. It's also like maybe a little pervy. You know, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> for for Victor to be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make yeah. a woman this time. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, so well, maybe, maybe we'll stay away from that yeah. incarnation. But that's I, I was gonna say Victor. Could what a be challenge! A woman. I yeah, I'd be I'd be <laughs> up for a Victoria. <laughs> yeah. I I would yeah. That would be wild, you know, to to do that to flip it on its head like that, you know. Maybe then, um. Maybe then you do make a female creature, right? <laughs> yeah. It makes it a lazy. And then, then the blind uh, person could be a, a kindly old man. Which He's I will, a man in the book, isn't Which he? I will be by then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think it is in the book, yeah. But the, the, the women already have A Night of Dark Intent, so you have, you have your have show. And the Child's Play. Okay. <laughs> we, Way we rather... have literally every other show. <laughs> yeah, 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 but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I just want a Night of Dark Intent. That's all I want out of this. So I don't care. That's a great what show. Else okay, happens. we'll trade Night of Dark Intent. <laughs> Deal done. Done. Well, Night of Dark Intent is what one of the fall thrillers, right? Yes. That's why I did not make the list just for the audience at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we do our top ten overall, we'll see if that one makes it on. It's it definitely one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. Visually, I, it was great. Oh, just crap. to be a part of that, I would love to be in that play, but I can't. Yeah. Same. 
<laughs> and to, to be in that house and to have those experiences, like I would love. Yeah. We talk about that. We, we said so many. I times. would do that again. Yeah, I would love to do it. So, question: I can't remember from the book, but was Mary supposed to be that young? Was supposed she... to be a guy. Mary's a boy. Oh, yeah, shoot. His, Victor's younger brother. Oh, William. Yeah, and I think. I think uh, you were willing to cast a, a boy if we had one come in that was like compelling and stuff. Yeah. But I think um, Juliet was just, yeah, she's awesome at that. Yeah, and and I I, I was willing to to cast a guy, but like it was just like I, I was I was so interested and in, it's just cool when it's when it's a little girl. Like I, I feel like brothers have like a great relationship, obviously, but it, it just means more when it's like an older brother to the younger sister, and and then she dies. Because of something you did, I don't know. I, f- I felt like it was a little more was emotional. Were the auditions open for all kids or just uh, yeah, yeah, all kids. I was hoping, it was the same with Halloween Dreams, where it's like the the the, the character in the script is a boy, mm-hmm. and I don't remember. I think that's the one that Ari played. Ari or 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 Autumn got that one, and so I was last time they did two girls, but that was just because like they didn't have a good enough guy and. This time we had guys audition and they were good, but I, there's just something about the two girls who who auditioned and, and played it that I was like, oh, I, I really like what they're giving me. So I mean, we have a really really strong group of of young girls there right now. So it's there's a because um, also the time period that takes place in this real delineation to like you know, the, the women's world and the men's world, and so it's nice to have um, you know the, the younger sister. Yeah, like they're all the women together go to play together. They're working together. They're talking together, and uh, when you bring the little boy in, eh, it's all right. But right, um, I kind of like it with the young girl. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, I agree. There's something just like nicer about a young girl than a young boy. Yeah, I don't know. Young young guys are just kind of obnoxious. You'd be like, okay, good, let them <laughs> let them die, take them, oh kill them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love Juliet too. She's always yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have such a strong group of, of young girls there right now. It's crazy. I love when she says the thing about, you know, she wants to lock in. She said, you know, she was my mother, my real mother. Mm-hmm. That was a difficult line to um, to deliver, I think, and not be totally bratty and make the audience want her to get, like, you know, her neck to get wrung by the creature right away. Right, right. Um, and she didn't say it in, the, in a real snotty, bratty way. She was, like, trying to make a case for herself and maybe didn't have the tools and language because she's a young person, the emotional yeah, maturity. Yeah, yeah. So she delivered it in such a way that I didn't hate her, and I could see her point of view. And um, I don't remember anyone directing her to say it differently. Maybe you did. I mean, I wasn't there that day, but like, I'm so surprised at her. Yeah, we we worked okay. we worked the scene, and all I had to I was just like, okay, bring like a little more sass to it. Like I know you got sass. I've seen your sass <laughs> yeah. off off stage, and. Um, just overall to the character and for both of them to have more fun. And then after there's one really, really productive day, you were, you were there for this one. And, and, and I was just on stage with, with a couple of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like, everyone was just like, okay, perfect. And they, they were rolling like, like crazy. So like yeah. stuff that I missed early on that I just came back and corrected. And then they just went with it, like, like their hide and seek scene and, and um, the locket scene stuff. And then they, I mean, they came up with everything on their own, but I'm like, maybe add a cool. little more of this. And, and they, they all ran with it. Yeah, Juliet's a great little actress. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with for sure when she's, you know, your age. Once they all get <laughs> to this age, it's going to be a a brawl. I don't know. Like, it's it's going <laughs> to yeah. be crazy. But there's going to be so much talent. Like, we have yeah. – right now we have so much talent. Like, this cast just proves it. 
So um, I'm excited for for not only the present and the shows we're going to continue to work on, but the future that's coming up. I mean, they they're the potential there is absurd. Yeah, I can't wait to follow her career. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Is there anything that you would change in Frankenstein? Um, that usually comes next week. Okay. When I'm like, I'll think about it. I'll look back at my script. I'm like, mm, I could have maybe done this. I'm sure. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there there will be nothing. Nothing. It's a sign perfect. of a good artist, though, because like, yeah. like Dan and I, you know, we talked briefly about how, like, you're you're just still you're finding the character right up until uh, closing night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you're ready to open, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so the fact that you're always kind of driving yourself, you're always thinking about it, you're kind of obsessing about, yeah, how to make it better all the time. That's great. If you're just one of those people who's like, you know, I'm God's gift to theater. Yeah, and no, no, no. I, you know, everything I do is correct. And if you ever get that way, I will knock you back down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll pummel I you. know for a fact that everybody would be so quick to bring me back down. <laughs> no, I. There, there, there's some set things I would change already. There's some, um, a few different scene things I would, I would change, but not because of the people, just the way I, I stage them or stuff like that. Yeah, I'm amazed that like every single show, I, I learn something, you know, new that I didn't know. So yeah, yeah. To be a better actor or, or a better director or whatever, um, and uh, that's that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that it's it's kind of constant exploration. I think when I'm not learning anymore i'll probably stop doing it you know find something else to do yeah um and i think i think everybody should approach it that way i don't think anyone you talk to who's any good will will tell you that oh yeah i make all the right choices and yeah you know right no like i I love just just thinking about where i was a year ago when when we knew we were doing this and just how different this show would have been if everything panned out from then and so what i've learned from that has been huge and just like going into read through and stuff and I, i was prepared more than I've ever been and still just it's always such a humbling experience you're never 110% prepared they always bring a, a cast member and be like well what about this what about this and and what they bring to it is just like beautiful like what you're saying before you, you have to yeah. let them play and figure their stuff out and that's that's what I love is, yeah, is you're painting with life yeah mm-hmm. and they always elevate the story and and so that that was great to to see for this. So yeah. I'm always always learning, always changing stuff. By the way, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to work on the poster because that's something that oh, like you I, created the poster. I did. I painted the poster. Yeah, guys, I was wondering who created that. Yeah, that was me. I um, love painting, and in my adult life, I don't get to do it as much as I used to. And so uh, DJ came to me with the, the idea to do the painting, and so I'm working on the snow machine. I'm in the show, doing the painting, and I'm like. Ah. So I was I was doing a lot, and I used acrylic paint um, like oils. So if you're a painter, any painters out there, um, oil paint and acrylic paint behave very differently. Acrylic paint dries really quick, and I chose acrylic so that I could get it done in time. Yeah. Um, and I was probably late with it. I know I was late. I'll just you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I was late, everyone. Um, but uh, I used acrylic so it would dry quick, and so that I could use it. But I use it like oil, so I use like a. Um, like this uh, fluid that like slows the drying process. So you can use it a little more like oils. I would normally do an, that as an oil painting, but I had an idea for, for it. And that's kind of when you and I were talking, you asked me to do a poster. That was literally the first image that came in my mind. Yeah. And I did a bunch of other sketches and I kept coming back to that one. I was like, no, this, this is the one. So, um, I started laying it out. I painted it in acrylic and, uh, and I wanted to say thank you because 
Um, I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and paint lately, and this forced me to paint. And it was like, you know, my complete place of zen is painting and drawing. So thanks for getting me back into it. And now I cleared a space for myself, and I'm going to be painting more <laughs> again. So, so thanks for helping me, like, uh, you know, kickstart, uh, re-kickstart an old habit. No, thank you for. I I I came to you because I'm like I I have no idea. Like I just staged the show. I know everything about this show. I have no idea what to do for a poster. I don't know. You just know something so much at one point. That it's like I can't think of an icon to to just represent everything mm-hmm. that's going to happen here. So I'm like, could you just uh, please? I, I'm be- I'm begging <laughs> you. I need I need your help. And uh, when you showed it to me, because like I I had no idea what it was it was going to turn out. And when you showed it to me, I was like, oh my god, that is thank God. Because like, you never know with 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 artists, and and I trust you. Obviously, that's why I went to you. Mm-hmm. But um, you never know. Like, oh, you'll see it, and you'll be like, I, I've worked a hundred days on this. How's this? And you're like, oh my god, that's horrible. And this was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Instantly, so, I was so like, so you have yes. the original. Yes, I have the original. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this is going a little long, so I might have to go straight to the theater to make cur- curtain. I know. But, I know. But if I have a chance, I'm going to run home and grab it, and I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoy doing it. Thank you again. I'm glad uh, you trusted me. And I know when you take an artist's work uh, without seeing it, and they can get pretty attached to their work. Oh yeah, yeah, can. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I learned from my father um, that I want to like sort of pass on is that my father was um, a carpenter, but he was he was a craftsman. So when someone wanted him to build a house, a lot of times or a chair, like he would do it to their specifications. Right. So. I have art that's for myself, but I also have art that I approach as a craftsman, and I try to build it to the patron specifications. So you're like Pope Pius the Fourth, and yeah. you know I'm like, so so you charge me with doing it. I I wanted to do something, you know, that I wanted to. I mean, there's things in it that are that are me that spoke to me, but um, I wanted to please you. So anyway, thanks for uh, making that mission accomplished. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, I already right asked here. you for more. Nice. I, <laughs> yeah, you, I can't wait. I've had, already been sketching. Like, like okay. Yeah, I've got like uh, the schedule, you know, like yeah, the rehearsal yeah. schedule. And like on the back side of it and the front oh, side of it, it is just all these sketches of like ideas I have for f- upcoming shows and and posters. And so, and I want to I uh, approach them different. Like this one was very, um, I wanted like a real visceral look to it. Yeah. The painting a style. Uh, but some of the other things, like a comedy isn't horrific looking or nightmarish. Right. So right. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely use different media and approach it differently. So I'm excited. I'm hoping maybe to get back into it and, and do like maybe a series um, of those things. Yeah. I'm no, excited. I love that. I'm so, excited. And now that I said it, I got to do it. So yeah. uh, thank you both <laughs> for the world. forcing my hand, you know, it's <laughs> what you know, lazy people, they have to be forced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think this was a great episode. We did it. It's two hours. Wow. wow. Okay. So, <laughs> You, yeah, you got to do part one and part two. <laughs> you should publish this two parts. Now you're done next week and take the weekend off. Yeah, well, oh my God, that's a good idea. We already yeah. have our guests for next week. Um, yeah, no, this is this is a great episode. I think super informative. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming out. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I mean, there's, jeez, uh, I, I could talk all day long about like good theater experiences with you guys. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be more focused too if you ever want to have me back no, on. I, I, I know yeah. I was scattershot today, but that was the whole point, I think. But yeah, if we ever want to focus in on something, let's let's do it. I mean, have me back on. I, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, I, thank you. I loved it. 
I'm going to be on Dan and Ben's podcast later. Your average ordinary, go give that a listen. We're going to be talking about Frankenstein there as well. Later today. Late, uh, yeah, I'm going after the show today. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm typing this into my phone now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it'll probably be a lot of the same, but I'll, I'll praise them right right to their faces. And just <laughs> tell them how grateful I am for them. Um, so yeah, go check that one out later. That I don't know when theirs goes up, but it'll be up eventually. Um, check out our social media yeah. at Sorry Night Theater, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're out there. Our website, sorrynighttheater.com. I think that's it, right? I think that is. Thank you for coming on the show. It was You're a welcome. pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here. I'm glad we got to... This is the most you and I have talked, I Alex, um, <laughs> ever. Um, she was trying to kill me last time we were on stage together. Um, just, like, drink my blood. Literally, like, like they're, don't, they don't, they're kind of had it with Dracula yeah. and his, like, whatever babies, little snacks. They're like, oh, man. <laughs> and... Yeah, so yeah, she was literally trying to, to kill me. Um, I was saved by Dracula. That never happens. Yeah. It's like he's the only person he saves. Um, yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely.